Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it's 1999 the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from our mounties cabin here in 2019 i am one of your hosts kenny nybart and i'm phyllis go with us today is our Brendan Fraser expert, Erin mm. LaRosa. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. She's also having our, you back. Yes. Our Hugh Wilson expert. She yeah. only does Hugh Wilson movies. Only does Hugh Wilson movies, which is which is unfortunately a pretty narrow target. Unfortunately, after uh, Dudley Do Right, it gets a little slim. It's actually, yeah, I don't know what Mickey is. Do you? No. But we're going to find out because I'm a big fan of his work. <laughs> uh, yeah. And here's the other thing. Uh, uh, you may you may detect. You may detect a little pep in my voice because I couldn't be more excited to do this movie. Dudley Do-Right, a movie that I would say I was least excited for of anything we've done. As I said right before we got on Mike, I thought we were punking Aaron. By giving her, I mean, this, I kind of did too. I, by honest. giving her this, yeah, this like, well, this we watched trash the, we watched the trailer for Dudley Do Right after we finished recording Blast from the Past because it was another. Know, it was movie. clear that that Aaron was going to be coming on for that. You know, yes. same director, same actor, Brendan. Um, and we watched the trailer, and I think we all were kind of like, "What is this? This thing looks like really bonkers." And trash. I think America, I think trash. America yes. felt that way too. If we're being completely honest, I don't think anyone by the had, Rotten Tomatoes score. You're the Rotten Tomatoes right. score by its box office. It just feels like America was not feeling this movie. Well, I don't even remember what Dudley Do Right was, and it was. 
I didn't know anything about the cartoon or... I knew a little bit about Dudley Do-Right for two reasons. One, he's a Mountie and I'm Canadian. (laughs) So there's that. Um, Tell me a little bit, and this isn't me being a dick. Tell me a little bit about the Mountie. Yeah, what do they do? What is their job? I can't really tell you. I'm going to... I think they're (laughs) sort of... Well, I mean, well, what's, I, what's Wayne Gretzky's middle like, name, Phil? I don't know Wayne Gretzky's middle name. <laughs> Are you really Canadian? I am Canadian, and I think it's whatever. I'm not going to go down that path. But I will say this. I believe that they're sort of – God. Are on. they I'm like a pleasant Canadianism the way that like the palace in, in Britain has like guards outside of it who do nothing but are but – are, Yes, they're decorative. Okay, so are they, they decorative? They, they, are, they are decorative. From what I'm I'm reading here – um, there's really? an element of, well, so the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Colloquially known as the Mounties is a federal and national police force in Canada. The RCMP provides law enforcement at a federal level. They also provide provincial policing in eight of Canada's provinces and local policing on a contract basis in three territories. So they're kind of oh, like Oh, that made police. perfect sense. I totally know now. They're, no, <laughs> they're, 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 they're just mounted police. They're, you yeah. know what I think they are? Honestly, I think they're state troopers on horses. That's basically what they're. So, which but is great. With, with a little bit, yeah. With with I, what I would imagine is more of a sort of forest and wildlife kind of. So slash park rangers. Yeah, got it. Yeah, it's quite a job. Uh, Perfect guy to do a cartoon after. Not Jim. Not making a joke. I know. I know. I, I, so, <laughs> but the second thing I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, be, I be no jokes I on this podcast. The second reason I knew who Deadly Durant was was because my my mother is a very big fan of Rocky and Bullwinkle. She grew up on that as a kid. But I, I know Rocky and Bullwinkle. I remember It's the that. same animator. And mm. I believe that there was Jay, cross-pollination. Ward is I believe name. so. So I had circles, some. He's considered to be like the great animator. Yes. The, the, you know, he's the, the, I would say almost some cross between Jim Henson and, and Walt Disney for a lot of people yes. who like a certain type of humor. Um, absurdist. And, uh, and like you'll but, hear that but, word a lot over the course of this podcast, and like absurdist. kind of surreal at I times. Would, it's a kind of this similar type idea, absurdist and surreal. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so I think this is more absurdist than surreal. Honestly, yes, this like, movie this for sure. A, this isn't a surreal movie. This is this is so absurdist. I um, <laughs> it, it's 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 almost like I don't know the best version of the form. It's wow. so fucking. It's, I can't explain oh, it, guys. Like I can't explain it. Like, all right, I have so well, many hot takes to throw there, out. There, I can't wait. I'm going to throw no, three I'm in sorry. a row. I want. I will just say this though. Before we got on, Mike Kenny said something that I I think speaks volumes about his feelings about Deadly Do Right, which is that we've done sixty five or so episodes of this show. Has not rewatched a movie yet. Watched Deadly Do Right twice. Twice. <laughs> all right. Now it is short. It's 82 minutes. So is that. It's a blissful eight. Right. So let me let me With like out. a weird padding at the front of it. Did you get the padding? Yes, yeah, I did. You guys so watched a, the stars? Yeah, I watched it on stars. It's yeah. like the the weird story about their childhood. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, is this no to reason? get this to 82 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was not interesting, but <laughs> – and, and I did. I think it was like bad news, yeah. but then something really weird happened during that too. They start yeah. – the, the, it's very right. meta, very self-referential. Like be, before we get into the yeah. movie, I want to throw out the three hot takes, and I want your opinions. Wow. I want your opinions all on right. all three. Already Buckle there. up, guys. <laughs> all right. Hot take number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I've thrown out to Phil already. And Aaron, I, you did, may, I just you, took a giant sip of water to prepare myself. You may for not your hot be. Take. You, you may not be familiar with the sixty-five movies we've done so far. 
but this you is, may not. This is <laughs> you may not have watched all not. 65 of these I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. Um, this is the funniest movie we've done yet. And I don't think it's close. The I, funniest I, movie you've ever done? No, 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 of the 65 so we've done so far. Okay. He thinks it's the funniest. We had this discussion, Kenny, and I'm not convinced that that's entirely true. <laughs> Wait, well, you, you, oh, except for South Park. With the exception of South Park, this is the funniest movie we've done. I... Like what kind of funny? Define your um, like let's, let's laugh out loud. Our, I'm going to walk through some of our comedies for you, Aaron, just so that you have a little bit of more uh-huh. context for what it's worth. We've got some. We got Detroit Rock City. Dudley's funny. Superstar. Dudley's funny. <gasps> Forces of Nature. Superstar? Dudley's funnier than Forces of Nature. Not the podcast. Deuce Bigelow. Dudley's definitely funnier than that. I agree with that. Dropped it, gorgeous. You're wrong. Um, right out of the gate, you're wrong. Dropped it, gorgeous. It's funnier. really good. I like that. Drop dead, gorgeous more. I also really enjoy Superstar. Superstar is a great one, and also a great episode of our podcast. I love. I, I the thing but, is, the thing is, and I want to. I want to make this very yes, clear. Yes, yes. I love Superstar. Sure. I love Job Dead Gorgeous. Um, I, I I think I had Job Dead Gorgeous is like my fifth favorite movie yeah. we've done so far. I think Job Dead Gorgeous is a masterpiece. Uh, and I, I think Superstar is an ex, an exceptional <laughs> movie. I think this is better than Superstar and funnier than Job Dead Gorgeous. What about Dick? Dick's a great oh, movie. it's a better movie than Dick. This podcast is the greatest mm-hmm. ad for Dudley Do, right? <laughs> well, Everyone watching. You're going to you're gonna get to buy that. So, so you're hitting up my third hot take in one sec. But all right. So I just, I, I think you're, I think you are recency greatly. Bias? Recency bias? Yes. We'll, we'll keep going. Second. <laughs> and this is a more, this is a more interesting question for everybody. Okay. 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 Um, I think this is the best cartoon to live action adaptation of all time. What? <laughs> what? Kenny's drunk on Dudley Do Right. Well, let's. This, <laughs> I, I know this, this sounds. I'm insane. like trying to think of something else. I, I, like, I'm gonna beat you on that because I, I think Dick Tracy. If we're gonna be honest, that's a comic. It. That's a comic strip. Oh, uh, so mm-hmm. want to split hairs on this? No, 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 so, no. Because then, because okay. then, because then you're literally getting into like Black Panther. So, like, you're movie, saying cartoon animated television show it's a, or movie, but it's a big difference, and I'll and I'll and I'll make the distinction like this. Okay, the things that happen in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I need to look up. Some I'm looking. Off. I'm yeah. googling right now. The I'm like, this can't be right. Things that happen in a car, in a cartoon. There, there's a a level of of humor you can get away with in cartoon, like absurdities. You know, that don't translate to live action usually, okay. right? And I can point it out with a few jokes in Dudley Do Right. That they committed to that a lot of cartoons wouldn't commit to. For instance, when Snidely takes over the bank, when Snidely robs the bank and he rolls in with 50 bad guys, all dressed in black. (laughs) That was great. Right? He rolls in with all these black guys with their guns and their black outfits. Oh, wait. Does Beetlejuice count? No. No, because the the, the the film came came after. Uh, I want to prove you wrong so badly. Yeah. I mean, we will, but continue. I don't think you will. Okay. So when he rolls in with all that, all those things, that's a very cartoonish moment. That's a moment you yeah. see in The Simpsons, and it's fantastic. Guy. Yeah. And and when you bring that, when you bring that kind of idea to TV or, or to live action, it almost always looks really, really stupid. Like those kind of absurdist bits look really stupid. But mm. Dudley Do Right committed so hard to the live action comic, if you come uh, cartoon, yes. yeah. To the conceit uh, of to the conceit yeah. of it, and never, never was embarrassed by it. No, I agree with you on that. Um, it that, commits to the bit, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I have one. But do you have one? The Flintstones. Oh, it's so much better than the Flintstones. It's better than the Flintstones. The Flintstones is what is one but I thought. I have one. Josie and the Pussycats. Mm. 
It's a fair point. Yikes. Yikes. That's a fair point. So now you're down to two hot takes. <laughs> I think this is better. I, I honestly, I this think, is not a better I honestly think this is better than Joseph and the Pussycats, but Joseph and the Pussycats is doing a different thing. But that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I do think this is better than Josie and the Pussycats. And I also might, remember somebody, enjoying Dennis the Menace, but I haven't seen it and in a And some people really might say time. Scooby-Doo. Ooh, Richie Rich. He's much better than that. Richie Rich. Wow. He's much better than Richie Rich. But 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 your you, your you, point you still holds, and I'm not I'm not suggesting. And that. there's another there's another place where it's just so perfect that feels like you're really watching a cartoon. Yeah, is the dance. Oh, the dance is incredible. The <laughs> the dance, but the way the the kind of the choreography of that dance yeah. with Dudley stealing away Nell and then yeah. Snidely stealing her back, and that all the movements and and the, the particular way they're dancing, the arm extended um, down low. It, it's so. And What's I mean your, this in the best possible way. It's so cartoonish. Yes. Yeah. I loved watching it. I, I, I fully agree with you in the sense that it's – you have to – it seems that everyone involved in this realized that if they were not 100% committed to this thing and if they weren't swinging for the fences, it just doesn't work at all. Now, some people would argue it still doesn't work. But – who? <laughs> well, uh, it's got 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. We're, we're about to get so, to my third hot take. <laughs> but I think that to your point, when that happens, when you see that, when something transcends with it from one medium to another, and I do think Dick Tracy is an example of that. I watched it relatively recently, and it, that movie is a living comic book in a way that I'm not sure 90% of comic book movies even achieve. Or try to. Or try to. Because they're trying to sort of be a different medium. Whereas this, everyone is a live action version of that cartoon. Which I love. No, I know. Which, yeah. Like Alfred Molina, oh, is, Alfred Molina is so good in this movie. Amazing. He was my favorite part. I think Sarah Jessica Parker's my MVP in the movie. Really? And I loved her so much in this movie. It reminded me of her in Mars Attacks. Can't knock any of them. They're all brilliant. They're all great. But like she's <laughs> when she does that brand of comedy, which she doesn't do very often, which is just very broad and very big, she's adorable. Oh yeah, she's like, great. And and Mars Attacks, she does a similar sort of like flightiness that like this character isn't stupid. But no, she's, she's amazing. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there are a few sweetness. moments with her, yeah, where where she was making choices where I was like, oh my god, you're just gonna go from Dudley yes. to Alfred Molina's character. Yeah. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, girl, I see. <laughs> it took and, me yes. a minute to catch up with her, and I was like, she was twelve steps ahead of me. Well, she's they're they're really good in it. There are four characters in this movie. There's oh, okay. Dudley. There's Dudley. There's Nell. Yes. There's Snidely. Are you gonna say the horse? <laughs> There's a horse named Horse. There's a horse named Horse. There is the um, there is the narrator. Mm. Which is and the, the narr- stroke of genius. The narrator killed I wanted to get your somebody. opinion on that because I feel like we talked about narration and blast from the past. I have a strong yeah. opinion on this, and believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> My strong I opinion on I don't believe this, it. Let's hear it. Right, I don't I, – I like Aaron. Uh, <laughs> have no – no, I, don't. I do like. I like Aaron. Aaron. That's not what I. <laughs> that was, there was a comma in there. It was I comma like Aaron comma. Yes. I uh, have no familiarity with Dudley Do Right, the comp, the cartoon. So I assume that the narration was a feature of the cartoon. It, is. it, is. it has to oh. be, and it might actually be the same narrator. And, oh, I could and be wrong, but I think that's it is. interesting. So I assumed it had to be. Yes, and to me that was it, it was. Very quickly in my in my rewatch of this movie, so my, the second time I watched it, and I, I'm going to give you a, nine, a zero to ninety nine from the first time and then the second time. Oh wow! Very quickly, that that 
that was kind of crystallized as the stroke of genius in this movie. A lot of other cartoon movies based on a, a, a cartoon like this mm-hmm. would not have had the narration. They would have been too embarrassed, right? They would have been too embarrassed by putting that kind of narrator out there. This narrator is so brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. And over the top. Yeah. And over the top, but he has that, you know, kind of measured, almost aristocratic kind of yeah. way of speaking intonation. Um, that's part of it. The other part of it is when you're talking about her choosing Snidely on the golf course and yeah. going away with him and you're like, I get it, girl. Part of it's because the narrator goes, Snidely does have a certain something. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what he says. Snidely does it. It's true. He's yeah. the, they they accept that idea in your brain, Snid- and, and and you have come you have come to accept the idea that this narr- this narrator is telling you the story. He's on your side, but he also has an he also has an affection and an affinity for these characters that you can go with. I, I can't like all right. So well, I also I want to say on the on the narration bit too. It, there, there is a uh, a metatextual element to it, similar to like Ron Howard's narration in Arrested Development, where there's a commentary which is after that's, this, right? Which obviously yes, but just sort of like that that obviously because obviously they stole from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. No. But I, I, by the way, there's no question that's true. There's no question that, that arrest. No, no, I'm sorry. I like let's put that theory on Reddit and there's, see where it goes. Where it goes. <laughs> I, wait, that, that's how <laughs> that's There's no question that that. That Mitchell Hurwitz and Arrested Development um, was directly, directly influenced stall. by Jay Ward and particularly yes. Rocky and Bullwinkle, but also sure. Sure. Dudley Do Right um, to some extent. Not this movie, which no one saw, yeah. but yeah, this, this idea. This idea. Maybe they of, counted on that. Maybe they saw it and they thought, "No one will see this movie, so we'll rip it and off. we will we'll just, directly we'll just take painfully rip it off. Well, well, we see you, Hurwitz. So I'm going to give the synopsis of Dudley Do no, 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 no. I got my third hot oh, take. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. We're only on this two. This is very important. Okay. This is going to be our most influential episode of the podcast. <laughs> and the reason is. Oh, my God. Is this the hot take that this is going to be the most? There's no question about it. <clears throat> well, the, the, that was a little, that was a little over, that was a, that was a little much. Okay. Over enthusiastic. Yeah. But it has the potential to be our best the most influential episode. Most influential, more than best. No pressure. Because yeah. hey, this Aaron, is- 16 th- minutes in, you better- uh... be, Why? Well, right. So basically, who is doing a podcast episode on Dudley Do Right? I looked, no one. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I looked, the closest thing that I found yeah. was an episode about Dudley Do Right and like a theme park ride that had existed. Oh, interesting. And the, that was the only, literally the only thing I found. In and of itself, an interesting story that we so. should get to. I bet um, Kenny would love to have, you know, been on that ride. Well, I think the ride might even still exist. It's, really? It's uh, Kenny's it's a, booking his ticket. Up. It's, <laughs> Where it's is it? Universal Studios. Yep. It Here? Was, no. Oh. Uh, Florida, Islands of Adventure. It was timed to open when this movie opened. They expected it to be a much bigger hit. But I, yes, I would yikes. think if they had so, a freaking ride. Yikes. So nobody's doing a podcast episode on this movie. <laughs> They're not. No, is the point. Sorry. We've cornered and, the Dudley Do Right market. And anybody who would do a <laughs> podcast on this movie, yes, you would expect, just as I expected, would be shitting all over this movie. Mm-hmm. We are not shitting all over. Well, no. I don't know about Aaron yet. We're, I, we're, I, I, uh, I have hot takes of my own. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like I've already. I feel like I've already. If she wasn't in the pro dud category, if she <laughs> would, if she wasn't a dudster already. Ready? She's going to become one over the course of the episode. I can see it because I can see. Well, the she, I, she got in the elevator and was like, "So you guys love this movie? 
<laughs> I got a text from Phil being like, we loved it. And I was like, can't wait to discuss. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> a very so, polite deflection. So putting, putting, putting the bow on this, yeah. most I would expect most podcasts, I mean, i.e., any podcast, that tackles this movie to tackle it to the ground to beat the crap out of it. But yeah. we're not going to, or I, at least I'm Which not going to do that. It's such a lazy take, I think. Not that that's what you're going to do, because I know you're obviously going to be. My you know, my there's, there's take no comes way. from the nuanced, am I sexually attracted to Brendan Fraser in this movie take. Oh, okay. Well, then that, that's a Let's fair go. Can Let's I just go, go right there after. <laughs> yeah, just that's but, I do think, but that's how you get 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. By just, by judging this film on first blush and not paying any attention to it in any real, like not really thinking about it and just being like, oh, this is just a stupid broad comedy. I, I swear to fucking God. Yeah. Literally do not understand how someone watches this movie. And goes, this is bad. I mean, even Ebert liked it. I did some Googling myself, and what I found was a lot of Christian blogs reviewing the movie. Did you guys see this? No. <laughs> I looked up Dudley Do-Right reviews, <laughs> and it was a lot of Christian and family-skewing websites. Uh, About whether it was appropriate for kids? Yes, and mm. um, a few things that flagged for them were were maybe some farts, some <laughs> flatulence. There's a fair amount of no, flatulence. It's, no, it's, it's the horse... The horse yeah. is telling it doesn't fart. Well, okay. Apparently, he's making a farting noise. Can I, can I tell you something about my kids? Oh boy! <laughs> Did yeah. they watch this with no, me? No, I wanted them to, but but Layla thought it was too stupid. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Say <laughs> I did America. I can't say this. Okay. This, it's oh. my, my son. My son claims he's only farted once in his life. Mm. Really? Yes. Isn't that great? I think that's a story you get <laughs> to a, tell when he gets solid, a lot older. That's a and humiliate him just once. Okay, moving on. Uh, so let me just give the synopsis of this film for the most people that have not seen or know what this is. But uh, based on the cartoon, this live action comedy follows the adventures of Dudley Do-Right, played by Brendan Fraser, an enthusiastic, if somewhat dim, Canadian Mountie. When Dudley's childhood crush, now Fenwick, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, returns to their hometown in the mountains, he's eager to spend time with her, but his attempts at courting her are foiled by the villainous Snidely Whiplash, played by Alfred Molina, who is up to his usual schemes. Can Dudley win Nell's heart and curtail Snidely's wicked ways? Uh, Dudley Durant opened on August 27th, 1999 in 11th place with $3 million. It would go on to make $9.9 million worldwide. Now, the budget of this film is up in the air a little bit. There are places on the internet that claim that the budget was closer to high 20s, low 30s. It feels like they made a lot of the sets, like most of the sets right. were made specifically But there are some people this. that think it's $70 million. <gasps> if they spent oh. $70 million on Money this, well spent. <laughs> all those extras in that bank scene. I, I, I will say the only time that I believed $70 million was at the end. The dance. With, that's, da- that's where I believe it. No, the invasion at the end looked pricey, but not seventy million pricey. Uh, so I don't know. My my assessment is that, and it only made nine million. Yeah, Ooh, I think it it's probably it's got to be closer to thirty. We I, did I two, can't like imagine war with Canada movies. Yeah, we did back to back, and oh. they're both masterpieces. What was South the Park. South Park? Mm. Canadian bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. They don't really invade though in this movie. No, it's it's, it's there's no. That's this really isn't. Right. And I will say this: I was pleasantly surprised that this film was good for a myriad of reasons. One of which being that I didn't <laughs> want to have to defend my countrymen. Um, 
But this movie isn't even really a skewering of Canada, particularly. It's actually like a loving, it's like a Valentine love letter to, yeah, to was, Canada. Yeah. Brendan Fraser being Canadian, I don't know. I don't believe that Hugh Wilson was uh, Canadian. I don't think he was. Uh, no, he wasn't. I Born was. in Virginia. But um, anyway, point being, I think it's. I think this film struggled to find an audience. Uh, it has 16% of Rotten Tomatoes, 23 from audiences. Uh, Roger Ebert, I'm going to read a very brief portion of Roger Ebert's review, where he says, Dudley Durite is a genial live-action version of the I old cartoon. I thought he was going to say genius. Genial. I, I, feel like I'm making, I, know, right. I feel like I'm making the same joke over and over again, but I really mean it. Like, I think this is such a misunderstood piece of cinema. I don't get it. I just don't understand why people shit all over it. Well, let me let me finish his review right. very briefly. He didn't, obviously. Dudley Durite is a genial live-action version of the old cartoon with a lot of broad slapstick humor that kids like and adults wince at i did a little wincing the ninth or tenth time deadly stepped on a loose plank and it slammed him in the head but i enjoyed the film more than i expected to it's a harmless simple-minded it is harmless simple-minded and has a couple of sequences better than deadly really deserves fraser is stalwart and credulous as deadly parker is wide-eyed and easily astonished as now and melina plays whiplash so broadly he almost needs to stand sideways <laughs> Viewers below a certain age, nine, question mark, will probably find the movie enormously entertaining. And to tell the truth, I kind of sort of liked it myself. Not enough to recommend to those in the upper grades, but enough to remember the parts with a smile. He's hedging his bets. I'm I'm, I'm very nervous. I feel like that's a pretty positive review. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this justice. I just... I feel like I just don't think I'm gonna be able to like like like. Maybe it gets a follow up. I want like your follow up feeling. I want to watch it again. Like I loved it so much. I like every, like there's 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 nuance. There's jokes on jokes. Like his thing about the ninth or tenth plank making him wince. You have to remember this was before Family Guy. Like yeah. the that was that's a new joke to have Brandon Fraser have this plank hit him in the face. I mean, it's the pee joke from Austin Powers and a over. And yeah, well, I mean, I think this has been around forever. Of course, of course. This idea, I mean, something be, it stops being funny, and if you repeat it enough times, it comes back. The, to I mean, the pee joke from uh, the pee joke from Austin Powers is the pee joke from A League of Their Own. Like this has been going on so forever good. and ever and ever. That being said, just the the commitment to this bit, the commitment <laughs> to the bit for eighty two perfect minutes. <laughs> but here's what I will say, though. I was not surprised at Brendan Fraser's commitment to this because I mean George of the Jungle, Blast from the Past, like so he's earnest. clearly has has you know uh, affinity My for this type Brendan, of work. I'm so glad we're getting into this. Subject. Let's talk. In, let's talk yeah. about. We've taken talk 24 let's minutes to get to the, Brendan. Let's talk about the God. What am Brendan I even Fraser. doing here? I don't know what we're doing here. All right. So how do you feel? Um, were you attracted all, to him in this movie? <laughs> Uh, the short answer is at parts I was more or less than Blast from the Past. Um. <laughs> more maybe embarrassingly L- less less hair issues yes less film. hair issues he looks more like my classic version of brendan fraser i went into this the first of all dreams I, yes the brendan of my dreams i wanted to start the day off right so i watched this in the morning which maybe wasn't the right time to watch <laughs> dudley do right no, um, it's an aggressive with the love film of my to life. watch that early in the morning. <laughs> ten, uh, yeah. Ten, 10 o'clock with a vape pen is the right time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I think I missed the mark. Um, but I... Uh, I w- you know, I came in with high hopes because he's, he's riding a horse. He's like some yes, kind of... Backwards, I, as I found out, he's a man in uniform. It's a love triangle. So I was like, this has all of the elements that should appeal to my Brendan Fraser nether region skewing places. <laughs> sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But and then, yet. yeah, it was just, he's so, um, 
earnest and uh, naive, and it was it would be like having having sex. The idea of having sex with that version of Brendan Fraser would be like. Well, he's so childlike. Yes, molesting someone. It just like wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't be. Thank you for pointing that out because yes, yeah. it would just be wrong. Yeah. So I felt uh, conflicted, but there were parts where he's very lucid and yeah. seems to be understanding what's going on in the world, and that's the part where I would grasp onto for dear life. I think there is a a closed mouth kissing version of this Brendan Fraser, where he, do you know what I mean? Like you can there, the, there's not a total lack of sexuality to him. The dance scene, but for example, for, always a dancing. The man can dance. Yes, he did it in yes. Blast from the Past too, and School Ties. <sighs> Does he dance in George from the Jungle? I haven't seen George from the Jungle. Eh, I've never seen I don't remember. He dances in Encino, man. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yes, definitely. he does. I'll, I'll watch George of the Jungle now that I'm a big Frasier and, uh, and Jay Ward fan. Wow, I'm so glad that but you've turned around. I just <laughs> – oh, no, I love Frasier. Okay. No, yeah, lo- you, you, always yeah, love There was never a question. So can I ask you a question? Uh, what is – God, I hope we can the, get him on here someday. What is the platonic ideal of Brendan Fraser? What is the, the movie mm. – where he is the the most I mean attractive is not really what I'm going for the most okay because George of the Jungle is just straight up because well, um, he's in a loincloth yeah I mean he he also like clearly worked out a lot uh, <laughs> for George ha- of the Jungle but is it the hair too it, I think it also you saw his that movie eyes it's his age. eyes how old um, were you when you saw George of the Jungle Aaron? I mean let me look up when that even came out I must have been I think ninety seven uh, so I was. 12. <laughs> I mean, I loved him in The Mummy, honestly. That was probably my peak sure. Brendan Fraser because he's that like. That is him at his most. But yeah, he's, so, he's like rough but he's and like tumble. Cool and he's, he's, he's so Scott cool. Swagger in that movie. Yes. That's not, what, that's not what I want. You want platonic. You want. want well, no, 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 no. That's not, I don't mean that's not what I want from that's your what answer. You had said. That's I the also, most, I also uh, really loved him in Bedazzled. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, I feel like um, in Sino Man, honestly, he was very. Ernest, you kind of are rooting for him. He like he's he's kind of like learning things. As we as we discussed in Blast from the Past, he has a lot of characters where he's like learning things for the first time, yeah. where he's like a newbie. But he was really attractive in that movie. There's once also, he got cleaned up. He's also, I think that the mummy is prop I mean, aside from like the straight up dramas that he's done, the most gr- grounded, like feels like a real person. Like, I love him in this, and I love him in Blast from the Past, and I love him in Encino Man. Like, he's he's great at playing a cartoon character. Um, but The Mummy feels like that's a star-making performance. Like that's For him, sure. That's that was when playing, he was, like, yeah, a star. A movie star. Yeah. No question. It's also the most grown man. Yes. I'd also say. <laughs> I said that with like a growl in my voice. It's like, <laughs> we're, yes. We're, we're sorry. So we, we come from Frasier from different perspectives, guys. Apparently. It, to me, like, you know, you know, out of these three mm. Frasier movies, Aaron came off with the best two. Um, <laughs> Blast I, from the past. And yeah, you don't, you don't like the mummy, right. do you? I don't I hate the mummy. One of our best episodes. I love the mummy ride at Universal. Rachel Weiss. No, I mean, I, no, I don't. Come on. It's don't, a fun movie. I don't it's a great movie. Loves the ride. I don't hate the mummy. Yeah. I don't hate. The, I think the mummy's fine, but I think that's kind of what I'm saying about Frazier on the movie. Like, I think he's fine. I think what's so interesting to me as an actor, yeah, is the way he can obviously do the thing in the mummy. Like that's to me, that's like him waking up. That's a waking up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is six foot four. He does look like a linebacker. He is handsome. He does have a kind of weird coolness to him. He does have that adventure. That's easy. How the do you find a guy who looks like that who's also <laughs> willing to play 
the character he played in in Blast from the Past, Past, which which is not that big of a deal because in the best form of that movie, that's like yeah. that's potentially big, right? So that's big. Tom Hanks big. So that's potentially like a big like kind of. Oh my God, Brandon Fraser can be, you know, not just the leading man. He can do this quirky indie stuff. Great. For him to have the guts to do this movie and then. I do think this was a hell of a career choice because it came right after. Was it right after Blast from the Past? Well, it was was the same. I'm sure that these three movies, the 399 movies, were all booked before he, he made any of them. These were big choices. Dudley Do Right's cr- a crazy choice for him. Yeah, it's a it's a really crazy choice. You have to wonder. I mean, but he must and, have thought it's like it's a kids movie, and I'm doing a kids movie. And- but also, he, I mean, again, as we've said, this is two back to back movies with Hugh Wilson. My, I'm assuming I don't know when they were shot, but they obviously really connected. also i think when we were looking up hugh wilson he directed first wives club which yes, is yes. iconic yes um so it's not I like he academy. was a nobody yeah oh but we need to do a hugh wilson deep dive but before we do that just because i think it's worth talking about what he does after dudley do like hugh looking or brendan brendan so brendan does in 99 blast in the past the mummy dudley do right then he does bedazzled in 2000 mm-hmm. which then I he think, does the I mummy returns we all which love is, bedazzled right yes, sure I haven't seen it in a very long time, but sure. It's great. Love. He does Bedazzled and Monkey Bone, which is a bonkers movie. I don't even remember. It's a weird, like, hybrid. Henry Selleck came off of Nightmare Before Christmas and did these Mm -hmm. two, like, did this sort of weird hybrid movie. It kind of feels a little bit. You ever see Cool World? Yes. It's like Cool World. Yes. It's kind of like Cool World, but Mm -hmm. like. A little more for kids. Yeah. So then he does, he goes back to the mummy. Cool cool World sucks, but but it's. But it's like. It's uh, weird. It's so worth yeah. having on Earth. I don't know how Absolutely. to say it. Like it's like it's the it's the nega version of Frame Roger Rabbit. Who Frame Roger Rabbit? Like it's someone was like, what if yes. we did a fucked up version yeah. of yeah. Frame Roger Rabbit with it's a like, bunch of characters no one knows? We're doing. Uh, we're we're also recording Ghost Dog today. Ghost Dog to yeah. me is like a. It's it's a good version of it, but it's so fucking weird and so singular, and I'm so happy it exists. Yes, you know, and yes. I, I feel that way about Cool World, except it sucks. But like, it's so <laughs> worth. It. I kind of want to watch. It's Cruel so worth cool. taking a chance and doing like the, 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 the Nega World. <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Oh my god! It's like what if Roger Rabbit, but bad, but bad and dark, and no one knows any of the cartoon yeah. characters. So he does the movie returns, and then he does kind of not a lot. For I know. A while. I'm looking here it's too. Like he does the next Mummy, and then it's clear after. I'm sure we talked about this on our on our boss in the past episode, but you know, he, in that Esquire article, talks about how like his basically his body was just like put together with popsicle sticks and glue at that point. Yeah, you not, really just nine put, or ten boards to the face will do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a, long story short, I think it's I agree with everyone that it is a bold choice for him to do this, and he continues to make bold choices. He gets paid for the Mummy movies, but when he's not doing Mummy movies, he's taking swings and they're big comedic swings. Monkey bone and bedazzled right. are both weird comedies. Right. Like the guy wants to make weird comedies and like, more is power he to Canadian? Him. Yes. So also maybe this was just like, he wanted to do this because he like loved it. Yeah. And maybe this was like delightful for him. The idea of playing this iconic Canadian Mountie. I think about that a lot. It's, it certainly feels that way in terms of like, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I'm a big fan of WWE. And how embarrassing that is for me as a human being. <laughs> I and, mean, but I yeah. not so much anymore. But like, I love it so much that if it weren't for the societal cost, I'm sorry, just this, <laughs> this press still that uh, I just found is wow. Jessica Parker, and 
Yeah, we're Brendan just. Fraser. I'm I mean, the, I'm look the middle, how I'm in the middle. Amazing, of, Sarah I'm Jessica Professional here, Phil. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought this is a confession. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, my point about that yeah. is, like, I love it so much that if it weren't for the societal cost, like, yeah. I would run away and just try to run right for it. Like, I just really? there. It's just something like there's nothing else like it, right? So there's nothing else like it. And if you are like really into it and really kind of study the intricacies of it, there's no other way to like scratch that itch. It's just comic books kind of because they kind of are and honestly soap operas kind of. Mm-hmm. And both those things are things that I do think are kind of like written and created by people who are just obsessed and don't care about what people think about them. Yeah, This might be that for a kid, a kid who grew up in Canada and was like, I just love Dudley Do-Right. This is my passion project. It's and possible. I'm, it's possible for like everybody involved. Like that. this is, I, I do think there is something about this specifically with the narration, specifically the absurdist brand of humor. I think that, you know, I'm trying to break it down last night watching it. And I'm thinking, this is a movie that thinks it's funny <laughs> to. Oh, I thought you were going to say period. It does think it's funny. And I also think it's funny. It, it's a movie that thinks it's funny to put your protagonist on a bike. And have him shoot up a group of 50 people, just spray bullets at them, and then shoot his initials into the side of a building with a machine gun. And they're right. It is funny. Like, it's so, like, it's so crazy. Like, the things that they, like, they, they think are funny here that actually land to me. And if you're into that shit, which I obviously am. Like, I do get why someone would be passionate about bringing this to the big screen. Well, the one thing I did think was, like, if if I had kids, I was like, I don't have kids. I'm not around kids. But I feel like they would love this movie. Because it it's just I'm, I'm kind so of bummed you silly. didn't show it to your kids. I don't think they would have liked it. Really? really? So why do you think they – because I watched it and I was like, oh, I guess kids, like, really probably love this movie. <laughs> my, my son might have liked it because he likes – you know, I still tell you he likes violence. Uh, <laughs> how old are I'm sorry, six and me. a half the, the twins are six they and should half. be in the right pocket I, for this i would show it to Roll, to my son rollins but um but i don't know maybe i will because i'm gonna watch it another three times they were watching jumanji back to you know which one welcome to the jungle, the jungle? Again. yeah I, I caught the last 20 minutes of that this morning waterworks wow Every time. <laughs> i still haven't seen it yet Have i haven't either it? no I'm, I'm going to watch it but it's, i i heard it was great i heard like, it was i heard it was fun it's so good and i i and apparently a tear i don't mind being manipulated by it it's very manipulative in the end the way they the way they they basically use the score to to pull tears from you yeah but it's so Fine worth it yeah it's just it feels so great um so I think it's interesting to talk about the fractured fairy tales of it all too, because I feel like, so fractured fairy tales were basically Shrek before Shrek for lack of a better way of putting it. That's fair. Um, and that sense of humor, um, that sort of metatextual self-referential understanding of what you're doing for the parents while the kids are sort of just enjoying it on a, on a superficial level, I think is really pretty brilliant and ahead of its time. Um, Dudley. So the fractured fairy tales were its own animal, but it was just sort of this almost anthological thing that Jay Ward did on top of uh, rocking Bullwinkle and Dudley do right. And I don't, are there other cartoons? I probably should know this. George of the jungle and George of the jungle. So those were his big ones, right? Did you, uh, did you not get a fractured fairy tale before this? Yeah, that's what it did. Did you in the version you watched? Um, you're talking about like with the 
the kids, right? No, there's no. an animated piece before mm-hmm. this because we watched it on, on Stars. We watched it on Stars, yeah. I think I did too. Can you remind me what was in that? Well, I skipped it last night, so I, I wonder I, if I don't I remember totally it either. It, it's it, it was before the Universal logo. So my assessment is that Stars just tacked it on there and that it's not actually part of what aired. Like no. what was in theater oh, or was no it? Way. I'm well, sure. I, think so. I, I bet it was. Maybe I did see it, but like part of the beginning was really confusing to me because I think I it's like coming back to me now, but I think they did play that. And then there's the scene where they're kids yes. and it's just like a lot of preamble leading up to um, can't wait to the actual to start of the movie. Yeah. Um, so just to, for other, for Jay Ward fans out there that want us to be completists in terms of his oeuvre, uh, he had other animated series. He had Crusader Rabbit, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Dudley Do-Right, Peabody and Sherman. Who I, oh, do. Yes. I do remember that. Uh, Hoppity Hopper, Hoppity Hooper. Peabody Sounds and Sherman. Cute. Peabody Sounds and like Sherman, a also a pretty good movie. And the one that oh, came yeah, out a I couple never years ago. I never saw it. And very similar sense of humor, and finally they actually got hit. Like they, yeah. This is a, a Rocky and Bullwinkle was a Rocky disaster. and Bullwinkle is one, is one of the great bombs of all time. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's that really crazy. is a hundred million dollar movie that bombed. Like made that like what twenty something like that. I don't even remember. Like who was in Robert it? Robert De Niro, De Niro was, was, in was in it. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was wow. Like, um, like Angelica Houston and what? no, it was Renee Russo. Oh Renee my Russo. God. When did uh, it come out? 2000. Wow. And it was a big, like, front of Entertainment Weekly type. $76 million thing. budget, made 31, 35. I was right on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, directed by Des McNuff. I don't Sounds know. like a cartoon name. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> Des McNuff. I guess a, a theater a theater person that was handed a movie, the last movie. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just a, an absolute just disaster. <laughs> Um, Rene Russo, Jason Alexander. Wow. Right. Um, I bet it's pretty good. It might be. But well, now, yeah, now that you have this li- lens of Dudley. You should probably watch Rocky. You, so, you might love Rocky <laughs> yeah. Bowling. There's been, just a, there's been a, a hint of revisionist, yes. revisionism on that movie where people I've heard here and there, actually, it's kind of good. You know who wrote it, right? Uh, someone really good. Kenneth Lonergan? Yes. The, the writer of Analyze This, of course. Wow. Um, How bizarre is that? Yes. He's, you know, he he said recently in an interview, he's never seen Analyze This. I'm sure. What? He I'm wrote sure. it. <clears throat> he's Peter, never seen it? <clears throat> excuse me. With Peter Tolan. Wow. Yeah, it's a, that's a weird movie. But uh, I remember that movie. It's not a great movie. No. So, but there's, sorry, there's been a hint of sorry, revisionism Kenny. with that movie, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. There's been none of that with Dudley Dewey. We're starting this right now. <laughs> That's, that's why I think gonna make sure. That's why I think this is such an influential podcast potentially because we're starting that. We're starting that right now. Um, I, I, I just want to keep going with the movie, but I don't. I want mean, to, it started I don't forty want, minutes ago. I don't yeah. want to short. I don't want to shortchange. <laughs> I don't want to shortchange the god Hugh Hugh Wilson. Who, yeah, we need. We need to talk about that. Who is not? Yeah. He was not an insignificant Hollywood player. Is like, he still alive? He no, he died, died last year. year. Oh, last year, January of Gosh, this will be our yes. gift to him. So, <laughs> so Hugh. Pour one out for you. Let me tell you a little bit what this guy's done, for those who don't know. He started writing on uh, the Bob Newhart show, which is Bob Newhart. Wow. Which is not, right? you know, no yeah. small feat. Yeah. No small feat. I mean, other writers on that show included like Bob Newhart and I'm sure a bunch of other people. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to look it up right now, but there's no, I have no doubt. Like, almost got a spit take. I don't I know. know. I, I have no doubt like Woody Allen started on that or some shit. Um, <laughs> it was in 76. He won the Oscar for Andy that yeah. year, but whatever. Wow. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. For Andy Hall. Uh, so, so he's on Bob Newhart. He's on Tony Randall, the Tony Randall show. He creates WKRP in Cincinnati. For those of you who don't know what WKRP in Fucking Cincinnati crazy. is, it's a it's a massive <laughs> sitcom, ninety episodes, kind of uh, Golden Girls era. Mm-hmm. So kind of that that time and that look. It predated it a little bit. Um, it was syndicated our whole childhood. It's a progressive. It's a progressive show. It was about work pay, work, workplace politics. It's a, um, it's a great show. It really it's also like one show. of the first, like, I mean, I don't want to say one of the first, but one of those shows within a show, you know, where you're, where, sure. where it was something, where it was a workplace about the making of. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore, but. Yeah, I know, I understand that there were shows before it, vibe, but it's on that yes. same vibe. Same vibe. Um, I mean, Lucy, I guess, was also kind of like. A lot. Movie. I mean, yeah. Dick Van Dyke was yeah, that yeah. too. So you're totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> but I'm then- saying it was on that, but it was on that trajectory in terms of like shows that were successful that were. I guess what I'm saying is we don't do that well now. We used to do that better in the past. 30 Rock. But. Sure. But again, like in terms of. Good place. But. I'm kidding. Okay. But that's all I did. All I did Michael's the showrunner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then, he, then he writes and directs Please Academy. Yes. How do we feel about that movie? Haven't seen it in a very long time. but liked either. it as a kid. It's funny. Watched <laughs> it in the last couple of years um, for obvious reasons. And obvious to obvious myself to and not Aaron <laughs> or Aaron. our listeners. But that's fine. Continue. It's out of the bag. I wrote a screenplay about Steve Gutenberg. Okay. Oh. Um, fabulous. Called Gutenberg. Called Gutenberg. Called Gutenberg. Wow. It's a great script. Did you did you finish I it? Did. I did. Did okay. you finish it? I did. Oh, it's a great script. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're the best. Uh, and Please Gotta is a great movie. And uh, it's not a great movie. It's a really kind of problematic movie. And it's it doesn't it's age well. Really dated, but it's weirdly charming. Um, he then Is created- there um, like a really good butt shot in that movie? Am I making that <laughs> of, up? Of Gutenberg? Of Goot? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember Goots, something from glutes, my childhood. Glutes, is glutes. there is there a butt shot? Um, <laughs> Goots glutes. Uh, I can't Put remember. that in your script. Goots glutes. <laughs> I feel like there's, you know where there is a butt shot of, of Goots. Glutes. Uh, cocoon. Yeah. Mm. You uh, might be getting those. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. I, remember I, he's like I need to go back on, and He's re-watch. drunk on a boat or something and someone like he's drunk on a boat. <laughs> and someone like shows up there and he's there's some there's some okay. goots glutes. I remember so a butt. Then he I remember a butt. <laughs> then he created two series in a row. Yes. Frank's place and famous Teddy Z that I know virtually nothing about, except they were both one season shows that were nominated for best comedy. And Frank's Place feels like a touchstone, right? Yeah. Like Frank's Place is a, sh- a show that I've heard a lot of people point back to. It was an all, all African American cast. Um, it's considered to be like a really groundbreaking, kind of groundbreaking yeah. progressing, uh, progressive idea. Um, you, at that time, if you were Norman Lear, you could make a show about an all African American ca- with an all African American cast. If you weren't Norman Lear or Bill Cosby, you kind of couldn't. Right. And, and he, Hugh Wilson did it. And he did. First um, season anyway. Yeah, first season and it was considered to be a great show. So this guy wasn't a joke. He did, No, he, he was not. He directed First Wives Club, which oh, I think is like a iconic, iconic touch, touchstone movie. Guarding Tess, which which is also a, a good movie. Right? Guarding he did that? Tess. Yeah. yeah, he did. He directed Guarding Tess. So like 
When I say Dudley Do-Right comes from the mind of like an actual genius. Well, a master. Yes. I think he's a master. Like I, I think agree. that's like, I think that's clear throughout the movie that everything is done with intent. Everything is done in a tone in a tone that, that is consistent throughout. I'm See, I, this is what, what I would say about this movie. I think this movie is better than Blast from the Past. Well, and we did oh, talk is. about like the unexpected genius of Blast from the Past. I remember that. Like <laughs> Which okay, also great you're movie. laughing, but we talked about and it. We did talk about it. I, I, I do like, remember talking. Not to like just like go to the end. <laughs> Which did you like more? I guess it feels like you like Blast in the Past a bit more. but Well, I think for me, part of part of my problem is I wasn't in the right headspace. I don't think I understood what I was getting into <laughs> with Dudley Do, right? Yeah. Um, so few do. DD. So few do, the DD. <laughs> yeah. um, I, don't, I don't know that I liked Blast from the Past more. I think they're, they're just... Very, Both bonkers. Very different and very Excellent. strange. But like Hugh basically did those movies back to back, and then there's nothing yeah, after that. So it feels like this destroyed his career, his like Brendan Fraser obsession with weird uh, movies. It, it does feel like – here's what I'll say about this movie versus Blast from the Past. I think Blast from the Past tries to quote-unquote do more, yeah. and it's unsuccessful at doing more. This film is far more concise. It knows what it's doing. It's on a it, – it's – it's got a laser focus on one thing. It definitely knows what it's doing. Which I think, it's just a cleaner movie. Blast from the Past is, a, is really a big swing. It is. I don't think people realize that at the time because it seems kind of silly. It's like the Bomb Shelter movie and Alicia Silverstone is so miscast. That's yes, um, maybe the worst. That's the, I think the thing that might sink the movie most is her. Yeah. And, and that's not a shot at Alicia Silverstone as an actress. I think she's she just, just miscast. Wasn't meant for this. He, he, does, he does something very specific and you Frankly, like you need a Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh yeah. Can you imagine if she had been in that movie? She would have killed it. She would have gotten it. Can can we just say though that Brendan was great in both? Oh yes. He's he's incredible. He saves both. I just want to bring it back to my man Brendan. So bring it back to Brendan. One thing I wanted to ask about him is, I feel like the the answer is obvious, but is there a, a guy right now who could do this? There is, in my opinion. Who? I think Channing Tatum does this. I, th- I think Chris Pratt could do this. I think Chris yeah. Pratt is different. I think he comes from comedy. Um, okay. And uh, not to be he, – he he spent most of his career cast as the friend. You're speaking uh, of Chris Pratt? Pratt. Yeah. Like he's, he came from, you know, basically one step removed from Seth Rogen. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that he'd be able to nail this. He'd be able to do, do – he wouldn't be able to do this. It's kind of my point because he's just a different thing. Channing Tatum yeah. – yeah, he's not as funny as Chris Pratt, but every time Chad is it crazy is to say Ryan Reynolds? He's too funny to me. I feel like he's really good with absurd stuff, though. He's he's also here's my I think that Ryan Reynolds right now, anyway. I mean, who knows what his future what his future holds? But he's he's too snarky now. He's like, doing like he's the lost, Pikachu movie now. Well, he yes, but he like he, he's so steeped in irony now. Yeah. That that I to come back to your the only reason I say Chris Pratt and I think you're right that he's not right entirely, but the, the, earnestness, the earnestness of Brendan really Fraser yeah. and this this really sweet genuine quality that he brings to these roles is something that I agree today would be hard to find because we're so fucking jaded and snarky. But I think Channing Tatum brings but that to, the, might be able to, to the Jump Street movies. Yes, um, I think he comes at that the same That's way. The Ryan Reynolds thing, like. 
I think the thing with Ryan Reynolds to me right now is it's it's obvious to me he's like a really smart, really funny guy. Sure. Yeah. Like there's the guy, um, what was his name? Damien Damien Fahey? Who was do you know who Damien Fahey is? No. The, it was the MTV VJ. Oh, what would I? I'm gonna Google. It's, Sorry, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a dumb point, but like most MTV VJs to me are like you know like dumb. Oh yeah, dumb pretty boys. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Carson Daly is oh, kind of the top. of He's the a game. writer for Family Guy now. Damien Faye is a legitimately hilarious guy. Wow, is kind of my point. Damien Faye, cool. like kind of. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. However he got there, it's very weird. But no, he obviously is playing at a different level. Like Colbert is obviously playing at a different level. John Short's obvious. I think Ryan Reynolds is like so much funnier than a guy who looks like that should possibly be. <laughs> Whereas like Frazier and Tatum are so like football player-y. Yeah. It's amazing when they can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want right? to go on record and say I would watch the shit out of Stephen Colbert as Dudley Do-Right or Stephen Colbert as Snidely. Wow. As Snidely, that would be incredible. But how great was Alfred Molina? So we just great. We just recast the movie, and it's a good movie. (laughs) Adam is Dudley. Colbert as Snidely. Who is now? We just have to bring Sarah Jessica Parker back. Yeah, I mean, she could do it. She probably could do it again. (laughs) I mean, that is. It is a little. I just keep coming back to how sweet and good natured this movie is which is what kind of makes it a relic. Like, I just don't think, first of all, I can't believe this movie got made, period, full stop. That being said, at any time, it would be an impossibility to make it today because I don't think you could, I just don't think audiences could digest something that is this pure. Wholesome. And I don't, wholesome and, and just, you know? All right. I feel that way about like a lot of movies, like Romancing the Stone, I don't think you could ever make again. So it's funny. like Everyone so epic. Everyone talks and, about making that again. Uh, yeah, no one ever I can. love that movie yeah, right. so it's much. It's a great movie. But you would never be able to make it again. So, I think you could make it if you gender swapped it. Ooh, that's an. Haven't we wait a minute. About, no, we, we, we have talked about I'm that sure on the podcast. Have. But I feel like if you gender swapped Romancing the Stone and you made it a sort of a Tomb Raider esque woman. And you know, some I would like watch it. beta male. Dude. I would watch it. I love that. You idea. guys, will, yeah. you guys write it, wow. and I will watch I would, it. I would never work with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so there was, uh, yeah, forgot yeah. what I was going to say. Okay, but uh, so I don't know who the female recasting would be today, but it comes back to sort of again. Oh, the obvious counterpoint to your their it, maybe it's Emma Stone. Yeah, that's definitely who it is. Uh, I don't know if that face was no, agreeing no, or no. I am agreeing. Like she's she it's could probably she's right. perfect. She could yeah. do it. But the obvious counterpoint to your um your point about not being able to do a movie that is this pure. Yeah, 
Paddington. Like those two movies. Oh, I still love haven't Paddington. seen them yet. Oh, I need oh to it's watch so them. good. They were, those are wholesome. But I feel like that's a little different because it does involve like this animated bear and it just puts you in a different mindset versus this Fair. is like all live action and also i'm trying to remember have there been any recent movies that have used voiceover as heavily as this is used maybe not in the way that this i don't know i don't people have been so shamed yeah yeah it's it's so funny because i think i texted you this i rewatched goodfellas just because it happened to be on hbo recently within like the last month uh and anyone who says voiceover doesn't work just needs to watch that movie and just shut the fuck up like it's it's voiceover is is can be great and this idea that it is a crutch or that people use it poorly like that movie uses it emotionally that you it it, it helps you fill in information so that you understand what's going like it is the perfect use of voiceover it's phenomenal and it's so, great for time jumps when you just yeah, don't exactly. want to like show so i, I don't know now. i just i i, I so hate, many brilliant I movies hate use that, voiceover. same with shawshank or sunset I mean, boulevard yeah it's i mean it's, like now and then now and then <laughs> The, the brilliant now and then. <laughs> so many great movies use voiceover. Yeah, it's, I, it's it is unfortunate that people deride it. I mean, I think that uh, I mean adaptation, adaptation. Gets, gets to have its cake and eat it too. It gets to have Robert McKee shit on the idea of voiceover within a movie where there is voiceover. Right. You, well, you don't want to use voiceover. I mean, this is obvious. You don't want to use voiceover in lieu of actually you know having your characters make decisions sure. and, and and develop. But in a movie like Dudley Do Right, where I think the narrator is a fourth character. It's very valuable. It's very valuable to tell it to, to kind of guide us on how to feel, how to approach this movie as our way into this movie. Because none of these, another thing about this movie, Snidely doesn't really count because Snidely really is is not intended to even come close to a real person of the real world. Even though I would argue he is very close to a real person of the real world. Um, which person? Donald Trump. Yeah, I know. Uh, but just uh, one thing. <laughs> which know, person? Make sure. And not, not. I'm not even being snarky. Yeah, I have, I have a whole Snidely. thing about that, or Snidely about that. <laughs> Who? Brendan Fraser. I mean, Dudley Do Right is not like any human in the world. <laughs> no, there is no human. I feel like, like that. that's the beauty of a lot of his characters, like from Blast yes. from the Past too, where you're yes. like, this person doesn't exist, but I want them to. Yes. Which is what movies are for, and <laughs> just not to. Be, and, I mean. I, I this is so stupid, but I, I just I love there's something I love about this movie. The character's name is Dudley Do Right. That is also his guiding principle. Do, Do right. right. Do right. And he has that conversation with Eric Idle. But if I turn into the bad guy or the bad the badder guy, because the whole point of this movie is like in order to counter the bad guy, he has to become the badder guy because the bad guy is now the good guy in the eyes of the town. He has to do wrong. And he, that he would not be Dudley Do Right if he did wrong. It's so simple, but it's, it works. It works so. It works so well. Uh, I can't even explain it. Like I, I, I know I sound like I feel like I sound like an idiot. But you, you have, don't sound like an idiot. You have to watch this movie to understand how perfectly that plays in to the character's decisions every time. He's he's he is so pure of heart. I thought we'd be watching a movie about an idiot who farted. Like really, like an idiot. Like I thought we were gonna. It was gonna be parts of the movie are that. Yeah, a little bit, but it's it's really just about a character who, who has such a hard time with the idea of doing anything wrong. Meanwhile, so much like Hillary Clinton, the world is coming down around him, and he can't. Like he when he's looking in to the party that the townspeople are throwing in honor of Snidely because they love him so much. It's like Hillary Clinton at the rally she can't sell out, looking at Trump's 10,000, 50,000 people rallying, being like, 
what the fuck is going on? And yeah. that's how I feel. We are all Dudley do right. <laughs> uh, so the story begins with three children and a horse. <laughs> so let me get that is <laughs> they're younger versions of Dudley do right and now and snidely uh, and and horse uh, and it does set up the love triangle pretty beautifully it's sort of just the like kids are not great no 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 but no they're, they're not they're but who cares but who cares uh and the three of them talk about their aspirations Dudley believes he's destined to be a royal canadian mounted police officer uh while now wishes to see the world and snidely however wishes to be the bad guy and travel around the world Mm-hmm. There you, you go. get your little and the bad guys get to do things like put a ice cream cone on the good guy's head, mm-hmm. yeah. And like you know, to me that's that's always I I I I have an allergic reaction to people who are like the whole movie should be about the bad guy, the whole movie should be from the bad guy's perspective. Yeah, um, of course it shouldn't. Like yeah. of of course it shouldn't. It's so easy. Yeah. To write a bad guy, it's also easy to play a bad guy. The hardest thing to do in movies is play a protagonist or be a protagonist or write a protagonist because it's the so hard. The hero is always the hardest. It's so hard to get an audience to sympathize with you. Totally. That's impossible. So yeah. I love that. It's To me, it's sending up this whole idea of like, yes, it is easy and more fun to be the, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The real – the. <laughs> hold on, hold on well, one second. No, no, no. Uh, Mr. Isco's office. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the whole – game yeah, is, yeah the whole game is in is in figuring out how to be a protagonist that's what this movie's about well i also it's so interesting to me because in my head i kept thinking that this movie had to end with like now tied to a railroad track and like dudley saving her from you know because well, I mean, it feels doom. like they're setting it up for just does it like, not feel that way like you're any any archetype of like bad guy good guy right and yeah. just all, and, and just even just the 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 universe feels built in that mode, mm-hmm. and yet somehow it, that, which and listen, it's fine that it doesn't happen, but I, for some reason, it kind of made my brain hurt that it didn't. Would have been nice if it did. I, I, I understand that. Uh, so several years later, all three have fulfilled their supposed destinies. Dudley is now a Mountie, but always sticks to the rules and is frequently oblivious to even the most obvious of things. And Stanley has become an infamous <laughs> bank robber. I want to make one more point Please. about the the cult, essentially yeah. when they're kids. Yeah, that just really struck me. So the last joke of the cold open is this joke that they play over and over again about how Mounties are brave and strong and, and tough or whatever. And the kid has his feet on the desk and he falls over. And then you cut to credits. I, it, it struck me that, that that's such a soft joke to go out on. But it's like the joke of Deadly Do-Right. But it's, it's the like, aesthetic of it. He I falls agree. a lot. It's, I, I, but I'm not. And he's in his cabin a lot. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm think. I'm saying, what an interesting, what what a comfortable decision. It puts you in a very comfortable place with this movie. For me, for me, it made me a lot less nervous about what I was about to watch. Okay. Because if it was some big like scatological scene that made me uncomfortable, yeah, I wouldn't really want to keep going. But I'm like, oh no, this is the movie where like the big joke is that. He falls again? Yeah, it does set the tone. Yeah. And it's going to be silly. Yeah. And I haven't seen a lot of movies that are are totally like this. But it's yeah, it's but it's also it's it's silly and it's also metatextual because you have the narrator at the same time making the same joke kind of about him but also lovingly and to go from there to the credits like there's just there's a weird confidence in that move. That well, this movie's very confident. confident. There's yes. a confidence in like – I feel like of, you have to be confident to do this movie. You have all, to be all in. <laughs> it's like all of your chips are like, I'm I'm betting on it. No question. And they do it. And they I do think it. That, they do it. Yeah. I also think um, – I just want to take a second here to do an Alfred Molina dive because this is God, one I of his – I love Alfred Molina. He's the best. This is one of his first – 
leading male roles. I remembered Alfred Molina from a movie that probably should have been a Lifetime movie called Not Without My Daughter, where he plays was, was opposite that, Sally Field. That wasn't a Lifetime movie? I, I it's think not it, a Lifetime movie, but I, I think know it was a real movie. It's a real movie. I love that title. Not uh, Without My Daughter. Not Without My Daughter. This, <laughs> it does feel like it's one no. of his first big movie. And by that, I mean like where he plays, you know, a, sort of above the title. Um, it's just interesting to, to look at sort of him in the nineties, you've got Boogie Nights, which is sort of maybe the first time that I really noticed him mm. was Boogie the, Nights. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That the, the firecracker scene is the first time when I was like, who is this guy? Um, despite the fact that he had been in many things before that and was very good in all those He's things. He's been in so many things. Right. So he does that. And then he does Dudley Do-Right in 99 and Magnolia. He's in that as well. Also, he's British, role. everyone. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, he's great in Magnolia in his one scene where he tells Donnie that he doesn't need braces. <laughs> you, got a, you, got a, you got struck by lightning. That doesn't seem like a good idea, Donnie. <laughs> he's still alive. Yeah, of course he is. He, in my head... <laughs> He's not that old. He's not even old. In my head, it's always like, God, we never appreciate Alfred Molina when he was here. He's still here. <laughs> I feel like he's always looked the same age. Yeah. That, he, that might be the oh, thing. He's very young in Raiders. That's the only. Oh, oh yeah. And also, I just remember, like, even him in Not Without My Daughter versus sure. this movie versus, like, recent things, he kind of looks the same. He's a me. great Doc Ock. Yeah. He also, um, for, you know. Yeah. He also reminds me of Ron Silver, who. Died very young, so that's interesting. Yeah, I guess they have a similar vibe. Similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a tremendously talented actor who's in a million things. Like his his filmography is incredible. And, yes, and, uh, you know, more power to him. He should be in everything. He's uh, he's great in Show Me a Hero. If if people haven't seen that, he's fantastic in that. He's just been he's great in Feud recently. Um, he's awesome. Like whatever. No surprise. Alfred Molina, super talented. But he's outrageous but this is, in this movie. But he's he outrageous. is he is outrageous in this film, and it's also. Kind of unlike anything, I mean, I guess Doc Ock, and I know it's a comic book and blah, 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 and the similarities of being sort of cartoon comic book, but he just he just goes for it in this movie. It feels like he had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like he looks like he's having the time of his life. Yeah. He obviously, he obviously had a great affinity way? for this character and decided to go all out with it. This movie yeah. obviously doesn't work if you're winking. That's the yeah. thing. If those characters are winking, yep. this movie falls apart. Yep. We already have a winking character. The narrator and kind of the First Nations people, but yeah, um, that which, might be the only which is not a great look for the movie. Not a great look for this movie, uh, which is like a bad joke and it's yeah. like a bad old joke. But it's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a cat skillsy joke. It it's it also feels weird when you watch it. You're yeah. like, this feels odd. There's, Why did that, they? I don't want to do talk this. about that. Let's pretend <laughs> that never happened. But I, I, I I'm not saying that we should do a deep dive into it. But I do think that it is. Maybe the only moment – I mean, Hugh Wilson's a relatively – he's an older man when he's making yeah. these movies. And there is a feeling of a guy that's a blast from the past, a little out of his time. So these two movies both feel very much sort of as kind of relics of another time written by someone who – you know what then, I mean? like, well, uh, and the '90s weren't exactly like the most progressive time no, for no. for race. So, so it is. It's it's not great. It's not but, a great book. Uh, so Snidely and his gang rob a bank of its money and gold, and Snidely tricks the entire gang into believing he has fled with all the gold to the Sudan, and is go and there's going on like a wild goose chase after him. It's a little weird. It's convoluted, but, but it's it, fun it to watch. But it's cartoony. So he it's. 
Uh, you know, I would, I would obviously argue. I think this is a great villain's plot. These are my favorite kind of villain. Plot. My favorite villain sure. plots are the ones that are like, "Well, shit, you can't really do anything to him. He kind of yeah. did this all within the law." So, like, I've yeah. got the stealing yeah. of the money part, but the like, the genius of planting the gold mm-hmm. to cause a gold rush. To first, he all right. Should, should I get into his plan real fast? Yeah, please. Gets the gold, buys up all the land, raises the rent on everybody, kicks everybody in town out. All the shop owners and all the renters. Great scene where he like bursts into a family mother's house. This really poor woman with eight kids. They're all the same age, basically. <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene. And he goes, like, "Get out, get out!" And it's he's, <laughs> and it's like he's, it's so it's so Trumpian to me. It's so Trumpian, yeah. like uh, you know, like look. I would prefer if you weren't a poor mother with eight kids, yeah. but you are and you're on my land and uh, that that's the law. Yeah. It that's- feels like a lot of the the like conceit here is that everyone in the town is an idiot except for Alfred Molina and, for and Nell. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically. And that's like kind of fun to watch is just like everyone's an idiot. They're basically. all like cartoon extras. But also yeah. when, is, when is the part when he convinces Dudley that there are vampires outside and he can't oh, leave his cabin? That's incredible. <laughs> the whole vampire bit. I was really? just like, this is amazing. That's what? when he's planting. When does the, that come? He's, that's coming. It's coming up. Okay. Then he goes down. He... <laughs> He got, he got this gold. They stole the gold. It's, yeah, it's very He goes amazing. down into the mine, the old abandoned gold mine, <laughs> and uh, he plants gold down there. Yep. And he comes up and Dudley kind of catches him doing that. And he says, you know, he's out here looking for vampires. And Dudley, obviously, like any Dudley would, he's terrified of vampires. Of course. So that's going to keep him yeah. away. As his horse, by the way. As his horse. <laughs> <laughs> that keeps him, away, keeps him away from the mine. <laughs> and, uh, and later, the poorest man in town, Eric Idle, finds gold. Yeah, Eric Idle is weird. In one of the truly, right, so actually, that was one of the one of the contentious points on the Christian blogs was Eric <laughs> Idle's character and how drunk he is, and how that might teach your children yeah. to be drunk oh on the so. Christian blog. There's, that's what I saw. It's, it's Aaron's new book. So there is, <laughs> there is one of one of the, and again, this is why I think this movie is way is is way mm. beyond just like competent or even funny or even good at why I think it actually moves on to like something that should be studied. This is so stupid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this should be studied. The jump cut, the jump cut. All right. So Eric Idle finds the gold. Yeah. He's just, cause he's poor as shit. He's just panning for gold cause he's poor and stupid and doesn't know what to do. And he's like, maybe there's gold here. He finds the gold. Snidely's there immediately with a camera. And it's like, you're the first guy who found gold here. Right. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, and you're going to be in the paper. You're going to be on TV. Yes. Direct cut to, to Eric Idle on Regis and Kelly. Yes. Kelly or Kathy Lee at the time. Yeah, it's like Direct, a, it's a smash cut. To- smash cut. Oh my God, wait a minute. Yeah, Kathy Lee weird. is also, she also has a guest spot in First Wives Club. I love Just putting this together. Another I think Hugh she, Wilson film. when I happen to come on the fourth <laughs> hour of wow. of today, I think Kathy Lee is hysterical. Is she point, leaving? I no, heard she might quitting. be. Mm-hmm. At some point in her career, after eating shit for twenty years <laughs> and going away, she came back and she said, "Fuck you! I'm going to be myself. I'm going to drink on I'm TV. I'm going to drink yeah. on she TV. Is, drunk she every is day. So funny yeah. on that show. She, she doesn't give a shit. Okay, so so yeah, direct so the, cut yeah, to him on to TV. Eric Idle coming out of the uh, coming out of the tunnel essentially uh and going on that show and it's as if he doesn't know anything 
But that's wonderful because then Regis and Kathy Lee fill, fill us in. Yeah, they she they fill us in in that moment, and it's it's in a way that feels so right. It doesn't it's very feel organic. lazy. Yeah. It doesn't feel stupid. It feels like basically they're like you. They're the first guy I found gold. It's the biggest gold. Like all the things you'd say to a dummy on TV. Biggest gold find in North America to a dummy. <laughs> since the gold since the gold rush, and now it's turning. Whiplash City, because that's what sadly is renamed Semi Happy Valley. Guys, this movie is so good. Um, <laughs> Semi Happy Valley is great. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so, so mean, now it, it, there's a gold rush on Whiplash City, and everybody is everybody who is looking for gold is going there like it's Vegas. Um, and they, and now Snidely is Trump. I, 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 I have there's, no there's doubt. There's a lot of Trump. He is in this Trump movie. in Atlantic City yeah. in the mid '80s. There's a gold rush there, and he owns the town. I, I have no doubt that there that Hugh Wilson were like, what if he was like Trump? And Hugh Wilson would be rolling over. Oh, he died last year. He probably was. He may, might be. I, I wish we could get his take on Trump actually becoming president because in his mind, I think it's. Probably I'm like sure it's not like, for president. sure for sure. Uh, so now then the returns part. from her world tour and reunites with Dudley. Uh, and the two and attend I can't remember, f- what is her actual job? Is she a journalist? I think she's just a world traveler. She it doesn't, just they don't get into specifics. <laughs> she just wants to see the world. Like that about her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the two attend like Nell- Who's that reporter? Nellie, Nellie Fox? Nellie, I'll look at it. Nellie Fox is a baseball player. Uh, the two <laughs> attend a festival at the nearby Kumquat tribe. Nellie Bly. <laughs> N- Nellie Bly was yes. N- N- Nellie Bly was a journalist who who traveled around the world in the uh, around the turn of the nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe there's some Nellie Bly. In like her. modern Nell would be like having a CNN show where she just goes to different totally. cities. And like she's a, like, here's this city. She'd be like Lisa Lang. Yes, you know? sure. So eventually, uh, Snidely's men return from the Sudan to kill him for his deceit, but Snidely convinces them otherwise by offering them. Uh, lives in luxury in his new town. All right, let's talk about this scene. Okay. This scene is Snidely in his office. Yeah. The 50 bad guys, all dressed in black, all pointing guns at him. Mm-hmm. Essentially like, you stole the gold. We all stole that together. You stole it from us. Fuck you. And Snidely is like, well, what if I, what if I offered you the opportunity to make some money by working for me? Because we have no one left in this town. We need a banker or a lawyer or a doctor, et cetera, et cetera. And they all get kind of excited, right? One guy, Stanley's like, well, now which of you morons is going to be the brain surgeon? They all raise their hands. And he's like, you, you're the brain surgeon. She goes, yes. So this to me, and again, the parallels to Trump are crazy. This to me is just like all these schmucks who are left over who are like, Trump's like, now which one of you idiots is going to be my new secretary of commerce? And he's like, Wilbur, you, you were once on Forbes, Forbes 400. Wilbur, you'll be my secretary of commerce. Wilbur's like, yes, they never let me to any of those parties before. Now I'm running it. And that's bestie Betsy DeVos. Yeah. You once donated some money to some schools. Why don't you be the, de- the, yeah. the secretary of education? She's it's like, a, yeah, wait, it's a different wait, wait, kind they, of viewing. Viewing it me. now, if they hate me in the in the Department of Education. I get to run it, and it's all these lobbyists, coal lobbyists. It's all these people who are barely, tangentially, even not even not even kind of connected to this administration. Trump's like, you're. I'm telling you, as a wrestling fan. The, the head of the small business, the head of the small business bureau, yeah. is Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon's wife. That's the only person he knows who's ever been involved in business in, in a small business. 
Vince McMahon's wife is is in the cabinet. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, mm-hmm. these, I didn't know that. These are these these morons. These 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 outskirts people. Yes, are all his cabinet. That's how it felt, and I, I thought that scene was brilliant. I another thing <laughs> you I you are seeing this movie through a lens that I mean, not that it's not there now. But it, obviously not maybe the intention of it back in that. But even know. but even then, you never see how the bad guy puts his gang together. That's ever true. That's in a true. movie. And you know, like Joker and Batman, Tim Burton's Batman has all these guys yeah, yeah. hanging with him. And it's just like, why are you guys pledging your allegiance to this guy? This even this does a little work of saying, This is how the bad guy gets his gang. But that that it's, scene is like amazing. highlights the absurdity of the movie. Yes, like, totally. This For is how sure. smooth talking he is and smarmy and great. And yeah, it's it's I, great. I, I think yeah. it's I also feel like this is the moment when Dudley starts to become convinced that Snidely might be up to something, which I think is great. <laughs> yes, because for saying? so long he's just like <laughs> he's just like I'm hiding out from vampires, and yeah. and it sucks that my girlfriend might like someone like else. someone else. Like he's literally this is where he starts to suss out that maybe something's he's waking up. This is when he cast him on the golf course, right? Yes, and he, he said, snatches now literally from him, and he <laughs> said Brandon Fraser's line is to the effect of I don't know what you're up to for sure, but I know for sure you're up to something. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's a great line. Yes. And then and then Snadley calls him a totem breath. Yes. And mm-hmm. Mel and Dudley are both like, ah, not great. Yeah. And, he's, <laughs> and he's like, and this is after Snadley kisses Nell when he sees her. And he goes, yeah. well, you know, I was kissing and thinking at the same time, um, which is kind of hard. Two, thing, two things you have no familiarity with to Dudley. And Dudley's like, huh, it's true. I don't kiss. <laughs> I don't think. It's true. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really smart jokes in this movie. This movie is deceptively stupid. Like, I think that similar to its source material. Hmm? I would say deceptively smart. But we're saying sure, the same Sure, thing. whatever. My point is similar to the cartoon. I think it, it it's, yeah. I think it's just, I, I think that you think it's for kids, but it's not. And there is something there for adults if they were willing to look for it. And people weren't willing to look for it in this movie, unfortunately. But Snidely And I said, wasn't anticipating it either. No, you were not prepared for, for, what you, for what you were sitting yes. down to watch. Uh, Snidely sends his second in command Homer to assa- great. who is great uh, to assassinate Dudley with a bomb, but Dudley is absent when the bomb goes off. <laughs> just that, and, and that's another moment where I'm just like, they commit to the cartoon bit. Of course, these guys are going to try to blow him up with dynamite. Yeah, like of course you're not going to like. It's awesome. It's so yeah. and the way and the 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 way Homer looks when he meets Dud- Snidely after telling the job's done, he looks like a cartoon character. He looks like Pigpen. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> um, yeah. he has that, that yeah. all that all that smut on his face. He also has like his his outfit is just destroyed. I, yeah. Oh, sadly, kind of hates Homer. He gave him the worst job, like working at the sausage factory or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think selling sausages at the sausage uh-huh. store. So, so Homer's like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be the assassin too. That'll really get me on Snidely's good side. So he comes in looking like you know Pigpen with basically b- Big Bird blown up around his body into like the most normal like bar. Like everyone else in the bar are just like normal patrons, and in the middle you have Snidely with his like handlebar mustache. I love Homer. that mustache. We oh, need to talk about that mustache. Is, the mustache is great. It's really incredible. And his cape. Yes, his, his cape. The costuming in this must have been so fun. He, because... I mean, I think that he, yeah, truthfully, like all three of them, you just have to be like, it must have been just. It's it's but just Snidely fun. in particular really looks like a cartoon character when when you yes. look at him. Well, and his, versus his laugh Sarah and versus, his voice yeah. and everything is just so. 
So Nell's father, Inspector Fenwick, who is in good favor with... <laughs> Her father is so ridiculous. Who the fuck is this guy? I know. <laughs> who is in good favor with Snidely, discovers Dudley's feud with Snidely, and discharges Dudley from the Mounties. I don't even have any I feel like that character was not needed, right? Oh. It's a wrinkle. I mean, the wrinkle is there because you need Dudley. End of Act Two, you need Dudley to not be a Mountie and have to like. Fight so they back like in. tacked this guy on. So it, yeah, I mean, or it. Yeah, basically, they just needed an authority figure that could get rid of him. But they didn't but, waste him. So like, no, it's so weird. Like that. All right. So there's obviously that archetypical character. Your your girlfriend's father, especially the good, like the guy with the military or, you know, some kind of police background who comes in. He's very hard. He's very tough. This guy is almost – he's almost like a – what's the word? Like um, like a dandy? Yes, he's sure. Al- he almost, he's almost has like a dandy quality to him. He's like he, – he, He's very fancy. He's, fa- he's fancy? He's very he's fancy. He's very fancy, he's like, fancy he's, like an old, he's like an old fancy man. Yeah. But he's also like, he's also like, a, like a Mountie. And he has like this affinity yeah. for Dudley. He feels so bad about that. He's like, I'm so sorry, Dudley. I thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I have to relieve you of your duties. And on the other hand, he goes – but you've you've been terrible, and he, he has He's got a Jim Broadbent kind of vibe to him a little bit. But being played by this, yeah, I, I, I was like watching that actor, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm so excited. I'm watching the actor. <laughs> I wish I'm you think, all could see. I, I'm, right I'm now. watching. I'm thinking this guy. He's like he's like a 75 year old man, and for him to commit to this stupid role in this stupid movie, at least not paper. Yeah, and bring it the way this the way this old man brought it is so shocking to me. But again, like everybody did, like there's there is no weak link. There's no one in the movie that doesn't say, "Okay, well, I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to go for it." Uh, So Dudley falls into a depression and wanders across town until he runs into a drunken darling played by the Eric Idle character who offers him shelter at his cave in the woods. And Darling tells Dudley of Snidely's plans and newfound popularity, blah, blah, blah. They go to the gala ball in Snidely's honor. And that's when we get our our big dance scene with Brendan Fraser yes, showing showing his, uh, his dancing Obviously abilities. Uh, despite Darling's warning not to challenge Snidely due to his loss of favor, Dudley comically attempts to take Nell back from Snidely but loses pathetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feeling sympathy for Dudley, Darling decides to put him through a very harsh training regime to make him a more formidable <laughs> opponent and take back Semi Valley from Snidely. I will the say the training scene is great. Yeah, I, w- I will say that um, for me, the scenes that I was most excited by actually were when all three of them were together. I fully and agree with I you. I think with with Brendan and the training scenes, it felt slow to me. I agree. With it you. does. It does slow down. In this I part. think those are. I think those are kind of like they're to me. They're funny. Because the perspective on them, the idea of essentially getting trained by the worst possible trainer, as if it wasn't obvious that this guy is like the worst guy to teach you to do anything, yeah. the fact that he lives in a cave. Um, and but, he's the same guy who won the gold. Yes, he is. So it's it's also interesting that he still lives in the cave. Yes. I'm just pointing something I he, out. I think he blew. I think he blew it all on booze in one just, night. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it is the the weakest part of the movie. I, I don't it hate is it. The weakest I don't part. hate it because it's weird. And I think like, do you I, think maybe they really wanted to highlight Brendan as like he's the star of the movie, yeah. but actually the stars of the movie it was like more of a trifecta. Yeah, it should have yeah. been all three of them yeah. like constantly interacting with each other. I think or something. It's also, I a, a totally agree with. That. I think there's also a group of people. I'm not one of them uh, who <laughs> thinks. Anything Monty Python touched is gold. And therefore, like, an Eric Idle 
in the movie has to be used um, extensively. Extensively, you know, I think that I think that happens a little bit now with people from the Apatow school. We're like, you know, not to pick on any particular guy, so I won't. But where there are some some of those people in that rep company who are not as strong as the others. But if they get that, if you get them in your show or you get them in your movie, you do feel like we got to give them something pretty meaty. Or, or you know, you let them riff for, which is what I feel yeah. like a lot of these Apatowian things are, where it's like they point a camera at the person and say, like, do something, and they just go on for forty minutes. <laughs> then you're like, well, we got to pick something out of this, you know, hour that this person gave us or whatever. Um, so it's, the, I agree with Aaron. It's not my favorite part of the movie. In fact, look at my face. I'm so upset that we yeah, have to talk he's, about he's not, he's not happy about <laughs> it. Your eyes are downcast. I will say this though. It, it, the narrator does say that Darling has an extensive Pokemon collection. So maybe he spent his money on the Pokemon. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. Possible. That's not my favorite joke either. It's not. It's <laughs> like, that takes it, me out of the movie. And it dates it too. Yeah. You're just like, mm, all right, I guess. Uh, but can't wait to do the Pokemon movie when we have to cover Pokemon 2000. Which, which like was a big box office hit. Yeah, it was huge. Look, I'm very excited for it. I'm det- I'm excited for Detective Pikachu. Oh, that looks great. It looks great. Are you excited, Aaron? You know I love Ryan Reynolds, so I'm in. <laughs> How much do you like his voice? Is I'll it that you it. I'm beginning to think you just like Canadian men. Is that what this is about? Oh my god, oh, he is Canadian. Just saying. Wow. <laughs> um, you know. Uh <laughs> wouldn't know any of those. Yikes. No. The Probably. training sequence, Probably. we all agree, least part of the movie. Uh, Dudley's first act to intimidate one of Snidely's men is into telling him uh, about the next gold shipment, something along those lines that happens at this point. Am I crazy? Yeah. Anyway, Dudley sabotages the shipment and leaves his mark on, on Snidely's work, workshop, as well as his favorite golf course, which leads to one of the best jokes in the movie, which is the the DDL. It's DD. DD. It's so good. <laughs> They they do a Daniel Day Lewis reference, which I love. It's it's in. I, I watched the I preview mean, before watching. Unexpected. It. Unexpected. Oh yeah, all the references are. Unexpected. All of the references. <laughs> That's what I love about it. The names that they pull are so weird. It's so fun. Yeah, it's great. I so I was watch. I put the preview on mm-hmm. in, in order to try to get my daughter to watch with me, and she's like, uh, "You must be kidding." <laughs> but uh, they show that scene in its entirety. Oh, uh, in the preview, which, okay. which felt kind of bad. I was, I really wanted to watch it myself for the first time, get into the moment. I mean, for the first time, for the second time. Um, but the names they throw out, and then ending with Dan Rather for yeah, DD. Dan Rather is so fucking funny. Yeah, Dan Rather is just like I, 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 I lol so infrequently watching movies these days, and I just lol. Oh boy! Uh, Stop the movie. Snidely, to LOL some more. Snidely, unaware that Dudley lost his job, is offended by this, and more so by his men's incompetence to stop him, believing Dudley is enjoying the perks of being a villain. Mm-hmm. Then Dudley TP Snidely's golf course, which I think is just—I <laughs> love that too. It's just like it's it's great. Uh, eventually, darling, this is, this is this, these are filmmakers having so much fun with this movie. Well, the whole the, the golf course, the mini golf course, is just fantastic in and of itself. The fact that this villain, this mustache twirling villain, has a miniature golf course and four and four bad guys who just follow him around. <laughs> but it's kind of like you would want that as a kid, right? You would want sure, a little yeah. mini golf course. Yeah. Like it's just all fun. I do. It think is a lot of fun. It's funny you should say that because now I think to myself. What is one of the wonderful things about this movie is that those three kids at the beginning are the same. Like they have not grown. (laughs) They've not matured in any way, shape or form. They're the same. They're just bigger versions of those three characters, which I think is. I'd say smarter too, though. I mean, not Dudley. That's not really his thing. (laughs) No, he's not. more experienced. We're not dealing with the top brass with Dudley. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Unfortunately, we are. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's his peak. That, no, that's just Canada. Uh, so eventually, Darling leaves to find his family and part ways with Dudley, thanking him for his friendship, which leads to one of my favorite lines, which is Darling says, I need to be with my family. And Dudley says, you have a family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Dudley uses his new training to win Nell back from Snidely, who swears revenge, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snidely painting Nell with the paint by the numbers, I thought was great, yeah, it's too. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's that just, was really It's fun. just really, it's a really smart movie. Uh, and you get the impression that her dad wants her to be with the villain, right? Yeah. I kept getting that impression. Well, I was like, uh, what an interesting choice for this father. Let, yeah. but, but part of, part but of that is... But he's successful and yes, he owns the that's town. That's exactly right. Dudley's like, an unimportant employed Mountie. Yeah. He's the first man ever fired from the world <laughs> Canadian Mountie police. The, the you know, true. again, I, I, I talk about Trump so much in the podcast because it keeps coming back. But like, you know, how does Trump keep getting these, say what you will about it, Melania. She was an international model. So the, the, the bar is so fucking low for rich people. Yeah. Right. So if he paints by numbers, yep. which is what he does, that's kind of enough to impress for the moment. Um, while Dudley sings in this gorgeous vibrato and, and, and also sings harmony with her. Yeah, he like does. that's the, yeah. the whole point is that they have har- they, they, they sing in harmony. Yeah, there's a synchronicity. Yes. Yeah. And this asshole is faking it. It's all AstroTurf. Uh, and, but even then, like he's, all AstroTurf. he still has, he still uh, has like a chance because he's so successful and he's fooling everybody and everyone loves there's a gaslighting element to it a little bit well this is i think what's great about this too and and hopefully a sign of what we have to look forward to in 2019 uh is that the populace grows weary of snidely and uh yes they turn on it love that because they start to realize great yeah because you're like oh this guy's fucking us this is not we don't want this anymore and you know obviously uh, Stanley ultimately discovers that Dudley and Nell are at another festival with the Kumquat tribe, tribe and uh, leads a full-scale attack on them. Uh, the attack on the Kumquats does actually look like it costs some money, as I referred to it's earlier. It's pretty cool. They did a good job with it. You know, it's yeah. – it's it, and that whole, like, sequence with the tank and and him on horseback and all that stuff, it, it actually – it's a – you know, the movie climax as well from an action perspective. And what was the conceit of them being there? They were just like, Not I'm sure. at another festival. I don't quite know what the reason for them going back there was. Uh, but the Kumquats flee for their lives until Horse reappears and helps Dudley sabotage Snidely's tanks by making Snidely and Homer accidentally shoot each other. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that explosion, though, you're dead. it's not it is not a situation where you're like got soot on your face you're dead but that's whatever uh this is so weird the cavalry of mounties appear and arrest nylee and his men obviously uh are you reading this from yes wikipedia it's funny because if you just read this you'd be like what yes it's like you have to see the movie first before i mean it's true that we're i mean i think that i think kenny is doing a great job unpacking this so it doesn't feel as though we're just regurgitating plot. But it does, to your point, if you just read it on fit, I think that speaks to the movie as a whole. Not even just this. Like, if you watch this movie and you just base it purely on on its face. Or the trailer when we watched it. the trailer, you're just like, what the fuck is? Like, yeah. it just, it, it must feel crazy to a certain extent. I mean, I certainly, when I watched the trailer the first time and for, and then, you know, forced you guys to watch it at the end of, <laughs> uh, of Blast from the Past. 
I was like, how crazy does this look? It's not as crazy as the feeling of like 20 minutes into this movie being like, I like this. <laughs> like, that, I, I couldn't. Yeah, that's fair. My first, my, I think my first note on the whole thing, I think my first note was like, who is this movie for? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I will say this. I will. I wrote this note as this happened. I said, this might be the only time that the Mounties arrived to save the day in a major motion picture, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think that'll probably ever happen again. Yeah. Uh, and then I wrote, whoa, that Trank explosion was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I This movie surprised me. Uh, I, I was expecting, and I, similarly to Superstar, I went in with very low expectations. I did not see Superstar in 99, and I was not a huge Catherine, Mary Catherine Gallagher fan. Um, and then the movie is so surprisingly heartfelt and, and, and kind of nuanced, and it's really a movie about, like, being a freak and, like, you know, letting your freak flag fly and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was during a time when they were making a lot of SNL movies, and I right. feel like that was one of the much better movies that right. they made. Right, and we, you know, we had a great episode on it, but... This movie, similarly, I went in, and and this is one of the things that I love about this podcast in general, which is going into a movie that I did not watch in 99 for thinking, you know, why would I watch Dudley Do-Right? Like, that's not something, you know, and I'm 19 years old, and I'm in film school, and I'm, you know, a snooty asshole. I'm like, I'm not watching Dudley Do-Right. And then I sit down and watch this thing, and I'm like, this movie is legitimately good. This movie that people put thought and heart and soul and and worked hard to make something that was – Nice. It's a nice, funny movie with three, you know, great performances at the center of it. I don't know. It it worked for me. Anyway, Darling arrives with his wife, the Prime Minister of Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, why not? Yeah, no, no, why not? You're you're there. It's it's a great, You've made it through the movie. It's a great, like, final joke. It's a great, like, like. Like it's such it's such a great like fuck it joke. It's the kind of thing. It's the kind of thing you would put like when you're I would say in middle school yeah. and just kind of getting into the idea of like oh I can write whatever I want. Yeah, like no one can stop me. <laughs> um, and you and they've obviously built up to this point where they're like nothing nothing really connects to the real world in any way let's just have fun can you imagine giving notes on this movie like maybe they just didn't maybe they were like all right we're not canadian we're gonna go with it whatever you think it's funny you should say that because there's a part of me that feels like we're in a time now less so in 99 but now if you have a piece of ip that means something we talked about this a little bit at the end of uh, of teaching mrs tingle with cats where you're just like (laughs) sure Musical ran for a really long time, made a lot of money, got Tom Hooper, Taylor Swift, go make cats. You shouldn't. I don't think it's going to be – I mean, listen, I can't wait until the end of this year when we can finally watch cats because I think it's going to be something to behold. But this to me feels like you got Brendan Fraser, big actor. It's working. You know, uh, you got a piece of IP. Go make Dudley do yep. I guess. Yeah. No notes. Just no go. No notes. Go do it. So – I <laughs> Kenny doesn't agree. But, no, I do agree. Right. I, I agree very much. The the thing with it's so stupid again. Like I hate saying stuff like this because I feel like a moron. The thing with cats <laughs> that we said we did say that this. we talked about is like cat, we did like twenty minutes. Cats, on cats is bad. Like cats is cats is not good. Have you seen cats? So, no. If you're gonna if you're gonna make I've heard it's bad. Yeah. It is bad. And if you're gonna make a cats movie, you gotta you gotta do something to that thing. Yeah. To make it good. And people have made 
bad things out of good. I'm sorry, good things out of bad things before it's Absolutely. happened. I, I can't really think of an example, but I'm sure we can. Come, I'm sure. I'm come sure. To an example of like where a bad. Uh, I got one. Buffy the Vampire television show off of Buffy the Vampire movie. Now the movie's not like terrible, but the yeah. show is transcended. Like you can yeah. you can level up when you sure. when you adapt one thing to another. With this, this doesn't feel like they changed it. This feels like they they took the DNA and just cloned it and just made it bigger made and a movie. stronger yeah. Yeah. and more live actiony, but I, that's kind of what's so amazing to me is like this didn't really have to be reimagined, reinterpreted, rebooted. <laughs> well, yeah, was just, this the movie people were asking for? Like again, like my initial reaction still kind of stands. Like, who is this movie for? Right. Like they're they're I, they're like seven Canadian fifty six year olds. You, they made this well, it movie is now, for you. but I never would have seen <laughs> no, it. Right? No, I know, I know. Now I hope it's for everybody. Please. Like, watch Deadly Do Right. Just watch it with an open mind. It's on stars right now. Yeah, with an open mind. Like if you go into this movie with an open mind and you and you want to like it, yeah. I think you'll like it. I think so too. I think I really do. I mean, I think that it's interesting because so I have found as and I've forwarded them to Kenny or Kenny has noticed them himself, where we periodically have people on Twitter reach out to us when they feel that we are quote unquote forcing them to watch a movie before they listen to this <laughs> to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Some of our fans who we love and we, we're incredibly grateful and thankful that you continue to, to follow us. Uh, Bicentennial Man is uh, dropping uh, this week. Uh, and it, will, it will have previous. It will have, yes, it yes. will have dropped. So our, you know, our yes. loyal listeners will have already, we'll have already seen it. But we got tweets from people saying, you know, I you just forced me to watch Bicentennial Man. We're not forcing you guys to watch Deadly Do Right. It's a it's an honor, and you should you should realize <laughs> that when you're done it, you're going to be like thankful that we also the you to fact watch it. that it is only 80, 88 minutes blissfully I mean, eighty minutes long. What a delight! You know, that that is a selling point. Before, it's seventy seven before credits, right? Uh, no, according to Wikipedia, it's seventy seven. I think the eighty two might be with the co- with the padding. With, with the, um, with the instructor fairy tale, yes, with yeah. the fairy tale in the front. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a blessing. It is any movie that you can get through yeah. in that amount of time. It's basically watching an episode of television. It and and I it will is. say that, especially going into this, which it seems like we all went into this not expecting it to be very good. When I pressed play and realized that it was a little over eighty minutes, I was like, okay, cool. Like I, 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 yeah. I can get through this. Yeah. And then when it was over, I kind of wanted more. Wow! Like I kind of felt like it could have it could have had a little more. Like I, there's D- a Dudley too, right? <laughs> Jesus! Wow! I'm sorry, everyone. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a great joke. That's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, like, please clap. Like please, yeah, yeah. Like the way I said that was a question. That's a great joke. But I, I think that I think we could have had a little less of the training. And I wish I had a little more of the three of them. I know, me too. Because that three, was my that's, favorite part. That's the, the gold. And I really loved watching Alfred Molina. I can't yeah. get over how great Alfred I, I, Molina was. Yeah, I mean, all of Alfred I Molina love the, uh, the is great stuff. Um, I actually have to say, like the Dudley. I think truthfully, the training sequence doesn't work as well because I just don't think Eric Idle is great. He's fine. But yeah, he didn't. Stand he just out doesn't. In this yeah, he just doesn't movie. sustain my attention. I actually liked Dudley. When he was with other people, like it didn't have to be Dudley with the other two people. Like I, I thought scenes with Dudley in the cabin or with other Mounties, whatever the case might be, that or, stuff worked. Or, or with Fenwick. Or with Fenwick. You were praising also Sarah Jessica Parker. What was your favorite moment? Oh, boy. I have a favorite um, moment. I really loved 
I believe it's when she first comes back in the cabin and the moose head falls on him and all that stuff because she's just, I just found her so winning and adorable in this movie that her just, there's like this love for him, but also this like, oh, gee, oh, shucks kind of quality. And even right now at the very end, their kiss at the end is also kind of like awkward and clumsy, similar to the way that was in the cartoon. But I don't know, just all of her moments with him are just so charming and so cute. And I, I mean, I know I said this earlier, but she's great in um, she's great in Mars Attacks, where she plays a similarly flighty character. Um, and she just, I don't know, she does it so well, and I just wish she did it more. And we don't see it much. I know that in her early days Hocus of her Pocus. career. Hocus she Pocus. She's a little that. bit in, in uh, um, oh my God, uh, Footloose. There's qualities to her earlier in her career before she became sort of a star on her own where she played a little bit of the like best friend roles or the Mm -hmm. sidekick roles where she played kind of the cute friend and i don't know she just does something here in this that i just i really just adored i want to do a shallow dive into her real fast yeah no let's (laughs) i'm gonna look her up i was when i was a younger person i can't remember the age but um around (laughs) you're so old she was also in first wise club she was. That's, yes. she was she's she's so That's good. So true. So, yeah, and she's like, you know, That's very true. weirdly playing against what we think of Sarah Jessica Parker as now, but Sarah Jessica Parker's whole career got kind of. Do- I, think, I think I know what you're going to say. You would do, definitely do not. Uh, but the, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but no, I promise you. Okay. But the, uh, the, her career got weirdly derailed is obviously not the right word, but she became her own thing. She became Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Bradshaw is an icon. Carrie Bradshaw is the first of her kind. And and she kind of had to embody this powerful – Yeah, yeah. And, and and you could see it in her producing now, the way she talks about her producing. Like, And she's obviously incredibly intelligent. But I saw her off-Broadway when I was young hmm. in a show called Sylvia where she played a dog. And <laughs> you know, the, the dog was the lead. Right, the dog. She was a house dog. The dog was the lead, and she sang, but she it was a very physical role. She was constantly on all fours. And um, how old was she? Young. She was probably late twenties, something okay. like that. Maybe early, maybe early. 30. I mean, she's a child actor, right? She was, and she's a Broadway actor, and she's an incredible singer. And uh, so I've always kind of that's always kind of been a, a a twin memory of Sarah Jessica Parker for me. It's Sarah Jessica Parker and First Wives Club, like doing this movie star thing. And also she was in, um, was it Honeymoon in Vegas? Yep. So that kind of vibe from her. And then, uh, and then I know, like, it's like, I know deep down what she's capable of. Cause I saw it firsthand. I have no doubt that I would, I know I've never seen her on stage. I'm sure she, I'm sure she was fantastic. The, the role that I think the role that put her on the map and the role that taps into sort of what I'm talking about in terms of this, specific vein of comedy is LA story. Yeah. Um, where, and I love that on the IMDB page, it, they actually spell her name the way she spells it in the movie, which is uh, big S, small a, small N, big D, small E, big E with a star. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. She really shows, that's probably the first time that she, I think was seen as a, as sexy for lack of a better word. Um, and, funny and ditzy she's so funny she's really really fucking funny Her, in that movie yeah and then you get honeymoon in vegas which again is a, a similar you know what i mean thing that she's doing there uh hocus pocus she's amazing in ed wood 
Yeah. She's great. I mean, I think she understands character really well. I agree. And like really commits to it. And and tone. Like I think she really understands comedic, the the spectrum of comedy. Mm -hmm. And that's where you fall on that spectrum, I think is, I, I don't think people give her enough credit for that. I think that. I mean, obviously, Sex and the City is what it is, and I I adored the show. Well, and she don't was like the movies, really but funny in Sex and the City. She is very, you funny. know, like that was also like a dark comedy in a lot of ways. Like, absolutely, um, she's so high status in those in that yes, show. Yes, and I think that's really what I'm honing in on. It's this idea of like, <clears throat> not that she shouldn't be this. She plays it perfectly, but that's more because she's such a great actor and and can do anything. Yeah. But she's been kind of forced into this high status role when a lot of what <clears throat> it is, it is kind of, it, it's kind of excluded her from any other kind of role when she can clearly do anything. Right. So, like, on one hand, Sarah Jessica Parker will die a legend, right? Like, kind of the way Julia Louis Dreyfus is going to die a legend. But both of those actors, by having these iconic roles, two in Julia Roberts' case, like I don't think Divorce is an iconic show, but like Sarah Jessica Parker's kind of been living in TV for about almost 20 years now. Yeah. We might be missing so much of what these two are capable of because of what they've had to do in TV. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, for all intents and purposes, has really – I mean, she had three – TV shows? Well, new old Christine. I mean, she won a couple not of for Emmys me, for it. But, but you know. pe- people do really love it. Yeah. And it ran for a while. Um, but she's lived in this box. Yes, for, for sure, for sure. But to, but what's interesting, though, is look at those three roles and how drastically dissimilar they are. I mean, Elaine Bennis, Christine, and forgive me for not knowing her character's name on Veep. But, um, Selena Myers. Selena Myers. Uh, I mean, the range is incredible. And, I, and similar to, I think, what you're saying, I wish we got to see more movies from... Uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, she's been in very few movies. I, I heard a weird, crazy, it was on Blank Check, an old episode of Blank Check, that she was up for Sarah Connor in the ter- first Terminator movie. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine what the alternate universe is for that. I, I, that's, all, that's almost like, a, that's just, that's my point yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. about this, particularly Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. She has so much more to give. So much to give. Yeah, and it's like, great stuff. It's go- I mean, look. And I think Sarah Jessica Parker is is similar. Yeah. Um, and I hope that she does more stuff. I I divorce isn't for me. I watched I've watched I know, a, a I've tried couple to watch of them. It too. It's just not it's just not a show that 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 worked for me. Yeah. But it's not it's not that she's not good in it or that it's not a good show. It's just not a show that works for me. It's a hard role. It's a hard role, and I and I respect her yeah. for doing that. You know, for being like, I don't want to take it easy. If I'm going to do another HBO show, if I'm going to do another television show, period, I'm going to want it to be something that's a little. So, um, should we zero to ninety nine? This <laughs> let's let let's let Aaron go first. Um, Boy. What what are your thoughts uh, after Before you watched after. it? Yeah. Um, okay, so since none of us saw this in '99, <laughs> I mean, I had I had expectations going in where I was like, I don't think it's actually going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then after my first watch, I mean, I had a really hard time paying attention during it too because there were a lot of moments of like. Uh, slowness in the plot versus the ups. And so, like, I my attention was always grabbed when they were all three of them were It's together. a roller coaster. Yes. Um, so <laughs> when mean, I... Literally at Universal. It's true. The but I had the same... Part. I had the same problem that that you both did, which was, like, I didn't know who it was for. And that's why I did a lot of deep dives into these <laughs> fucking Christian blogs, <laughs> which now I know a lot about their opinions on it. Um, but, you know, it felt like, okay, it was supposed to be a family film. So with that 
like gays and that that idea in my head i uh-huh. thought i was sort of like well this would be great for kids and i'm sure that kids would love this it just wasn't for me okay so i know i'm really sorry about that um but i will say like i think this happened with blast from the past when we talked about this but i feel like i started from a very low point maybe like a maybe like a 25 percent i was a little higher than the rotten tomatoes guys <laughs> <laughs> my stuff. But I feel like now I want to watch it again because you've once again sold it to me. So what would you say post podcast? I mean, maybe we're venturing into like a 50 to 60% okay. range for that's me. A, that's great. But that's I would funny. watch it again. You, you would and recommend this movie to, to people? I would I would say like with a big star next to it. Yeah, I think you have to go in with the with yeah. like being prepared for what you're in for and like just like letting that happen because I was not prepared. Yes, let and it so my, you have to let the movie walk yeah. over you for sure. Yes. Um, so, Phil, why don't you go? Yeah. <clears throat> so I again went into this with very low expectations, um, and left the film with a seventy. I felt like it was, you know, it's pretty high. <laughs> and I gotta say, <laughs> I left it saying like. This movie is a lot better than it has any right to be. And I just, it just, it was just a nice, sweet, funny movie that just achieved what it was supposed to achieve. Post podcast, I went up to 75, which I think is, you know, a, a good place to be a for a movie. That, yeah, it's almost its running time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 the more we talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I like it. I think yeah. that I think it's one of those films that as I'm sitting there in the moment, there was a lot of stuff I didn't, not a lot, but there was a handful of stuff I didn't like. Um, but that overall, it left me in a good place and made me just go, I really like the three of them. This is great. I'm going to give it a 70. 75 is pretty good. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I gave it a, I gave it a grade. I didn't plan on watching it twice, obviously. <laughs> uh, I gave it a grade after the first watch. Yeah. Of 73. Yeah, okay. I think I was in a very similar headspace to you, much better than I expected. Um much like like much better than I expected. And like I expected sub 20. Yes. Right? No, I was that's what I was expecting too. Um so much better than I accept, expected. Therefore, I think I may have even gone higher than I had planned to. Okay. Watched it again last night. Uh I wrote it down. I gave it an 81 uh-huh. after last night. Wow, and I, I gotta. I, I, I mean, this is the much must-watch movie. I gotta tell you, what's the highest percentage you've ever given? Oh, I gave South Park a ninety-eight. I mean, like, wow. I think South Park is just per, it's a it's perfect. a masterpiece. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I gave Eyes Wide Shut because it was our first one, but yeah. like, I would give I would give that a ninety-eight too. Yeah. These days, I was in the nineties for that one. <clears throat> so I, this no, is not like a top 90s. five film of yours. No, this is more but like this might this 20? might be. The biggest discrepancy of going in and leaving. Mm. Well, yeah, because I Do think. Do you know what I mean? Yo, definitely. <laughs> yeah. No question. Um, because I think, yeah, I mean, like, Drop Dead Gorgeous is in like the mid 90s for me. Cause I think like that is doing something. I think that that is higher aspirations and I think it hits. Um, and a harder thing to do. A hard, would, yeah. high, everything about Drop Dead Gorgeous blew me away. Yeah, that's a high wire act that movie. Um, but. There really isn't that much about this movie I don't like. And if I'm being honest with myself, like, <laughs> I'm 
give, I'm giving it an 88. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just gotta like if I'm being honest, like what oh, what don't it's what great. don't I like about this movie? Well, the, nothing. The only thing I don't like about this movie is like it's not the aspiring. It's, yeah, training I, I think scene. the training. Scene no is, one liked it, but I think I think you're, we're talking about and like, the representation of Native Canadians. Bad, yeah, but we're talking about um, with the training scene. We're talking about something that I liked. Just not as much as the rest of the movie. Yes, yes, yes. So it's not even like I'm like if it weren't for the no, that, like that's that didn't that didn't yeah, bother yeah, me at all. Yeah. And the representation of First Nation people yeah. is bad. Yes, but it's not bad in a really offensive way. It's bad in kind of a stupid it's, way. It's a dumb joke. They're just basically saying like, eh, what's the difference? Between, you know, in Canada, it's people from Brooklyn are, are actually like Native yeah. Native Canadians. So it's a really bad kind of stupid joke. But yeah, it's not that offensive. I agree with that. Um, and none of this movie is really offensive, so it's not really a problematic no. movie. The only thing is that it just doesn't aspire that much. It only aspire it's, it aspires to do what it does. Yeah. And I could never like I could never get Blazing Saddles in '99, even though it's like a wonderful, brilliant movie. Yeah, because like it's, it's a it's a silly fart yeah. movie. So a lot of farts in for that a movie. silly fart movie. Yeah, this <laughs> is as good as it gets. You <laughs> should have put that on the poster. Um. Well, this so this is such a surprise, I'm, but I really do I'm, love this movie. I honestly, it's a surprise to me too. Um, I imagine it's a surprise to Aaron on on many levels. Yes, your te- getting the text that you loved it was a surprise. Your, your day, response, you, but was you great. feel like you like this movie, right? Yes, <laughs> I think it's a fine movie, and I think I think especially if I would totally watch it with kids, I think that would be fun well. But to we do. didn't. I don't know if we did. We get a straight answer from you as to whether you like Blast from the Past or this better. I think I, I, well, I said that they're both super different. Yes. I mean, I think this is like a more fun movie and yes. Blast from the Past is like long and can be very tedious yes. and like has a lot of problems. Truly, pro- so, that's a problematic yeah. movie. Yeah. I just think that the script of Blast like, from the Like I past, would rather rewatch this movie than Blast from the Past. A hundred percent for me. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm going to watch this tonight. <laughs> I'm going to watch it a third time. Uh, so next week, we're doing Stir of Echoes with uh, Carrie Doherty. Uh, a movie. Wow. That just went way down. Yeah. Well, Stir of Echoes, guys. It's, Stir, uh, it's a, Stir of Echoes. It's a real, it's a, Echo. I don't know. Echo. Echo. Uh, a movie, again, I had not seen in 99. Had yeah, you seen I haven't seen this. No. Have you seen Stir of Echoes? No, I'm, I'm Kevin Googling Bacon. it now. Ooh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm not okay. sure. Another one of Aaron's boys? Yeah, why not? <laughs> They're I'm all not, mine. I'm not sure I'd ever even <laughs> honestly heard of it. Oh, I'd heard of it. I mean, yeah. 99 was a formative boy year for me, so. <laughs> uh, can, we, can we do top five boys? From 99? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aaron's top five um, boys? I know you haven't prepared this list. Well, but. I know who I wrote fan letters to, yep. so I'm happy well, to. That's number one. Okay. Um, JC Chazay from NSYNC. Yep. I have a story Really? With you wrote fan letters to him? Taylor Hansen from Hansen. Sure. Which one is Taylor. The middle the one, right? middle one oh, who the, the lead singer, yeah, 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 the longest of the hair, the, um, the, the talent, yeah, yeah, obviously Brendan Fraser, sure. Um, What's your favorite Hanson song? Um, it's it's called Save Me. Okay, I was gonna say Penny I, and Me. Oh, Penny, Penny and Me is great. great. Penny is a legit great song. You guys, I saw Hanson in concert like three months ago. Where <laughs> they were at the at the Greek. They played the. Greek. I'm not even Did kidding. They sell out? Absolutely not. Oh. It was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe a fourth fall. 
It was Ooh. very upsetting. I was, I was like, the Greek is too big a venue for Hanson. I was hoping it wasn't, but yeah. it sounds like it was. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the last one I will say. JTT. I JTT. Mean, yeah, that, that feels like he was on a lot of lists. Around that. Yeah. That went way better than I expected. Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> you basically had those prepared. Yes. Like, in her back pocket, she was waiting. I was also very influenced by... Um, so you're more to JC than JT. Yes. Interesting. I think JC, well, unfortunately, JC put out a solo song that was something like um, talking about like all day long, I think about sex. It was like this like terrible, terrible song. That That sounds great. That was a terrible cover. I mean, (laughs) thanks, guys. And that's what sold you or didn't sell you on JC? That that was the beginning of the end for me. But in in NSYNC, it was definitely. So now, would you say you're still JC over JT? Yes. Wow. I also think that JT is just, I just have a lot of negative feelings. Who were It was Justin, it was JC, it was Joey Fatone, Joey Fat Chris, Chris Joey Kirkpatrick. And <laughs> who was the last? Lance Bass. Lance Bass. Lance yeah, Bass. Who my best friend loved, so we, we didn't have to fight about it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, was I, your best friend? I guess no one was into Joey or, or Chris, right? No. So it was really yeah. a three-man race. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes. Joey Fat One is amazing. That, that is, is how, never, his that how his name is spelled. No, I know it is. And then, and then but, but the Backstreet Boys did... What, what? You were either a BSB fan or an NSYNC and, fan. So oh. Sharks and Jets? Yes. yes. And I was insane. And I would know because I was a Backstreet Boys fan. Oh, really? wow. I mean, given we'll these go two fight guys? later. Given the, I want it that way is the great American pop song. Uh, Do you think so? I, I mean, I, I don't know that I can. It's very I mean, bye, bye, bye might be the only yeah. the only one I can name from NSYNC. I think I, I, think I, I want it that way. Hits. I want it that way is my favorite wedding song these days. When, when what it, does it mean? That way? I don't know. <laughs> I want it that way. I want As that opposed way. to this way? Yes, exactly. Don't, don't overthink Exactly, this. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, us true BSB heads, no. <laughs> Have you seen them live? No, no, no. They, they're, they're like out there. They're I touring. think they're in. Didn't Yo, they have a residency in Vegas? They have a radio hit right now. Yeah. Yes, they do. And, it's a and it song. is a jam. It is a yes. jam. Is it really? Yeah, yes. it is. All right, I got to. I got to find. I mean, it. like you know, good for them. So did that new. I love that we got to this right place now. in the podcast. The place. You mean the last place? Yeah, the this place. is my it's favorite kind of place. Where every episode ends on some sort of some wonderful tangent, weird shit. I know it's like the last. It's like the last skit before the. Yeah. End of SNL. SNL. That's and it's do. always like a weird one that sometimes you're left yes. thinking what just happened. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's right. Uh, next week, Stir of Echoes with Carrie Doherty. Please tune in. Uh, I'm at PMS Gove on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Podcast Like 99. Aaron as Side of Ginger on Twitter <laughs> Do you like and Instagram. Ginger? Is that, I mean, I know. Obviously I, you I've been are thinking a, ginger, a lot about changing it. I don't know. I'm going so through an identity when you, crisis. When you have sushi, do you find yourself. Eating a lot of ginger. I mean, I enjoy ginger, but it's mainly because I'm a redhead. Yes, I love so I ginger. Yeah. Ginger's the best. Yes, I do. Great. Ginger's great. Great. That's that's all I want. <laughs> great. <laughs> you must do wonders for ginger great. sales. Yes. Um, I'm at Nybart. Yeah. I'm sorry we've run out of few Wilson films for you. Mm. But you're going to come back and do another one, right? Yes, of course. Okay. So we'll send you the Figure list. Figure something out. Uh, is uh, is that Lance Bass, Joey Fatone movie this year? <gasps> oh, is it? I think oh. it was going like on the nine. Oh, my gosh. Like on the yeah. Um, wow. I don't believe it is. I was just being yeah. a jerk. We'll find you a movie. That's, but it's going to be great. That's an iconic film. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank yes. you. What fantastic. a journey. This was fantastic. Dudley do right. All right. And we'll see you soon. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 